trip down the side of me. Quit yeah. jump out for you, let it get inside of me. I tell them where to put it, never tell them where I'm about to be. I run down on the wall, I have a nigga running me. Talk your shit, fight your dip. Ask one call, why you ride that dick? Why you really ain't never got a fucking for a thing. You already made his mind, nigga, boy. Can't not get your boots, can't your coat. Put this wet ass pussy, he bought a phone just for pictures of this wet ass pussy. Pay my tuition just to kiss me on this wet ass pussy. Now make it rain if you wanna see some wet ass pussy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to WAP Radio. <laughs> I'm James <What>? Boyd. <laughs> Here with me, I have Rich Lotta. <laughs> you like the new theme for the show? Oh, man. I, I didn't know it was the new theme. I thought this was just uh, an audio <laughs> meme, apparently. I mean, it can but, be both. No, you yeah. want to stick with... You want to stick with... <laughs> yeah, I got to do something. You know, I got to do shameless self-promotion, you know, on this year's show. But, um, yeah, um, yeah, you sent that to uh, the group chat, and I died laughing because I always had thoughts of putting drums behind Walter's theme. I just never did it. And oh, then, oh. Um, you know, that shit came across and hollering. Dude, it was like... Whoever thought of this, and then also thought in the context of Walter, like the idea of Walter Wap is the funniest. It's the funniest shit to me. Uh, but yeah, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not familiar, this one is from Radio. Yeah, man, lots of wrestling. It's always lots of fucking wrestling. Um, Richard just froze. I'm sick of this shit. This is the second time he's froze his computer. Uh, oh no. No, oh, he's back. He's back. I'm back. He's okay. back. He's back for now. For now, for um, now, we'll see. We'll see how yeah. it holds up. We've been getting some uh, technical difficulties here, but yeah, um, you know, I think I think they are working against us. You know, they, oh, the man, or just they, 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 okay. they not, don't not want they. us to win. Okay, well, that's true. They never want us to win. Oh man. Okay, so lots <laughs> of wrestling, like usual. Um, we're gonna start with the WWE pay per view from last night. Um, I thought before we do that, before before we do that, let's you know the the Lakers are back in the finals. Okay, you know? let's let's talk about that. Sure, Lakers are back in the finals. How many games of the Lakers in the playoffs have you watched? <sighs> okay, I have watched at least three of them that we lost. So that means you watch every so so they went twelve and three in the playoffs, and you watch every time they lost. And I watched one game that they won. Okay. Which game was that? I think remember? it was game four of the Nugget series. Okay. Okay. All right. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, they made the finals. There's been this weird thing that's been happening like all year with the Lakers with me mm-hmm. to where um, I watch and we lose from opening night to Christmas Day to a couple games in between we would just lose at the end and look like and give me all the reason to be like what the fuck is going on here and then when i miss the game or you know whatever they just beating the hell out of people but you know when when, when the when the chief comes to watch you know they, they want to show their ass you're the, the high laker chief rich lotta no the tribal chief the, of the lakers the tribal yes chief. Jesus Christ. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, man, like, you know, Lakers are very, back. Very, very weird, like, 
very, very weird because, you know, this team is made up of just people just I would have never, and The Rock means never, <laughs> been co-signed that wit, kick it with, root for, cheered on, nothing. So I'm just like, all right, room for the laundry here. Let, let's just, you know, let, let's get another one so we get to 17. I, I was kind of, you know, I, I wish we could have got the Celtics for it. That's kind of what I was hoping for. Uh-huh. But um, the Heat will do. You know, the, the Heat will do. <laughs> the heat will do. Well, the Heat definitely does for me. I've been rooting for this shit since what? Like months. Months and months. Like I, I thought about before the bubble probably. I was thinking like, you know, um, the, the Lakers, the Heat, the Clippers – they all have the elements in play to more or less stop Giannis from just getting to the paint at will. And what happens in their <laughs> offense after that? Um, LeBron, like the, uh, one of the last games of the season before the pandemic hit, it was the Lakers and Rondo basically, or LeBron and Rondo pretty much just stopping Giannis from being super effective um, when they beat the Bucks. Um, we saw it last year in the playoffs where Kawhi basically said, nah, I'm not having this shit with Giannis. And, hmm. um, there was always Bam at play, um, for the Heat. And it was just a matter of, you know, someone like a Duncan Robinson, someone like a Tyler Hero. Maybe, but after that, they're probably a piece short from beating anybody else like the, uh, or really the, the Celtics was really it. It was really, when you think about it, it was like, it was, or even, or actually I'll take it back, the Raptors as well. It was like, those are the four top teams in the East. Miami can get one team because of a matchup, in my opinion, has when I was thinking about how the, the series are all going to play out. If they get them, they could beat them, but I think, you know, Boston could beat any team but the Bucks and Miami could only beat the Bucks, and lo and behold, they beat—they <laughs> just beat both of them. Um, and here they are. And with Bam, you know, they'll find like of the maybe two or three people on Earth that could actually, you know, answer the the question for who's going to stop AD. Bam's one of them. Uh, I don't necessarily mean stop, but make it hard for him because everything pretty much looks easy to Anthony Davis. So um, I think it's going to be a competitive series. Um, but ultimately the two best players are on the Lakers. Now I'm concerned with the fact that like three through the third through the seven best player all heat, <laughs> some shit like that. But, um, I, I, I think that, um, unless the, the Lakers have some historically bad three point shooting, um, throughout the series, um, I think they're I think they're gonna win ultimately. I think the Heat have like a lot of reasons to be afraid of them. Because if I really really think it's gonna come down to the Bam and A D matchup, like if he can neutralize him, then you know, you take your chances on LeBron with the rest of the team which can is prone to be sorry uh-huh. at a lot of the time. And it just feels like oh, Miami yeah. has a lot of depth. And it feels like Miami has like they've got this thing to this where 
<laughs> yeah, they've got that. And then if they're playing zone, then we're going to have to shoot at that zone. And right. then it's like. That is exacerbates yeah. the Lakers' biggest weakness. Yeah. Yeah. So. Very consistent three point shooting, yeah. Like, we could easily lose. So. Well, that's the reason why I think it's going to be most competitive. It's like that zone at some point is going to match up with bad three point shooting plus one of the games where Bam, you know, makes AD inefficient. Um, so that, I think that's a, I think that's a big thing. And, you know, at this point, I mean, we saw it a couple times, but we haven't really seen it in this playoffs where LeBron's had to play, you know, the normal LeBron we're used to, normal LeBron load we're used to seeing where it's like, God damn, he didn't sit this whole second half. We only seen that one time. It, it happened to be, uh, the other night, uh, when he closed out the series, but, you know, it's gonna come, and because this series is gonna be competitive, it's and you know, there's always that play where between like, you know, that playoff Rondo shit like turns back to reality, and people just re- realize, oh yeah, that dude can't <laughs> shoot. We don't need to guard him. Someone, someone realizes that right. for once, combined with a bad Lakers night, combined with AD maybe you know, not as effective as a normal self, combined with. One, you know, you're going to get at least one of those games where, or you imagine you're going to get one of those games with LeBron where it's like, he's not attacking for some reason. Um, so, I, I see, I can see the Lakers winning, or, or the, uh, the Heat winning two games at least in this series. Uh, but yeah, like ultimately, I just think it's going to be a competitive series, but I just see like the two best players in the series are, um, Anthony Davidson, as you talked about with the, you know, AD can be some of the ant can have or Bam can have some answers for AD, but AD's always gonna have answers for Bam, and their offense relies on his ability, Bam's ability to be you know short roll guy, ha- dump handoff screen guy, roll guy, um, you know, make some baskets outside the paint, you know, from inside of fifteen feet, like so. AD's always going to have him in, in 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 stunt that their offense from that perspective as well. So it's really going to come down to, you know, can can Hero, you know, do kind of what he did in game, I think it was six where he scored 37. I'm not saying he scored 37, but can you go get 15 consistently, you know? Um, Who do you, you know, think wants to win this series more, LeBron James or Pat Riley? Who wants to win it more? Yes. Oh, LeBron. Who wants to beat the other one? Oh, LeBron. You don't think Riley wants to wants to send a message to him more than LeBron wants to beat Riley? Nah. Nah. I don't know, bro. Nah. Like, nah. Pat Riley's a maniacal competitor. Yeah, he is. So is LeBron, though. <laughs> That'll sweat through a suit. Ah, uh, I don't know. You don't know? All right. I don't think I don't think Riley's like was driving LeBron, but I think Riley. Okay. You got a point. Last fight, like. You, so. From, um, okay, so for me, if you're saying who wants to be the other one worse uh, because it's really the biggest thing for each of them, then yeah, I would say Riley. But if you're asking me who has a bigger competitive fire overall in general, like. Let LeBron lose his finals. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he, you know, um, gonna be bad for him, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, and the way he's played throughout this whole uh, playoffs, or even you know, 
quite honestly, that last year in Cleveland, and it, most people would have like let go of the rope. Like LeBron's put on some of these performances where he's like, I can't believe he's like thirty four. Or sorry, at the time he's 33, now he's 35. He's like, I can't believe he can still do this kind of stuff. And then you hear about, you know, his wife is is uh, not happy with the amount of work he's and time he's spending working on his body to keep himself upright to play at this level. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, you know, I'm just going off the amount of work that goes into being able to maintain at that level being him. I would say it's still LeBron because I mean, there's look, there ain't no year 17 Dwayne Wade. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, there ain't no, I mean, Melo, Melo ain't an all-star. Like, we're happy that he was back in the league, even though he should always never, he should never left the league. But like, being a top player, those days been over for, for Melo. You know what I'm saying? Chris Paul, yeah. Chris Paul, like the only dude that is like, is LeBron and Chris Paul the only 35 year olds that are still all-stars? Uh, like current 35 year olds. Yeah, that's what I yeah. mean. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, so it, what, it, like it, Kobe got injured in year seventeen, so like, right. at the very end, right. I mean, he was like having one of his best seasons, right? And that's but, Kobe. Yeah, that's my point. Like, I can't really I, think of anybody else, though. Right. I mean, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, to be, still be a, you know, top player in the league and still have that kind of will to do that, especially now when. It's so much harder to play in the league because everybody's so multiple and you're running up and down the floor so goddamn much. And you have to defend so much harder now and cover more space because all the shooting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just... Kind of nervous about the series. I won't lie. Like, it feels like some echoes of like the Detroit Pistons in 2004. Yeah, like, so basically like some team that comes out of nowhere that doesn't make sense historically all of a sudden winning a title. Right. Um, it, it would fit with this season being very untraditional. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's no home court advantage. I would have loved to see Staples and then Miami's arena mm-hmm. this year. But since there's none of that, it's just going to come down to literally who I, I hate these cliches, but who like wants who it wants it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't really have a solid, you know, pick on this one like it's just uh like i like i hope the lakers win but um miami's not a joke right like when right. i was talking earlier to our miami heat fans i was like what's not to like about them right got back here without tanking yeah yeah did it like, the right way yeah yeah um it, one thing that i think is um also of note is it's the NBA Finals, but it's like you mentioned, without there being Staples or American Airlines Arena, like it, it it is the finals, but it ain't the finals because of the atmosphere and the fans. And like that's also a play for like the young guys, like a Bam, like a Hero, like a Duncan Robinson. Is maybe maybe they wouldn't be maybe they wouldn't have made it as far if they had to deal with like the kind of lights that are on you when there's there's a crowds and media and and mm-hmm. all these people instead of Travel. just like. The same people that you've been around for for you know three months at this point, almost four months, right? Yeah. Um, that I have to have made it easier for, for you know as a as dealing with like those growing pains and whatever. Um, so yeah, like that could be an advantage. Is like they, they they don't have to grasp the the immensity of this because one they're young so they don't know no better, and two, this ain't really like the usual. 
Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I guess I, that's, that's all I really wanted to say. Yeah. Uh, I'll just take Lakers in seven. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Look, and you know, I don't like to pick shit in seven because I think only <laughs> cowards do that. However, wow. This Miami Heat team, like, scares the bejesus out of me. Like, this is like, to me, this is what niggas should have been, or this is what the Clippers, like, actually should have been like. Like, there's this super post defender. There's, like, you know, you're a tough leader in Jimmy Butler. Uh-huh. There's tons of three-point shooting. They're extremely uh-huh. well coached. Like, yeah. this is the team, not the Clippers. <laughs> like... <laughs> And then LeBron and Spolstra, you think Spolstra ain't got a plan for LeBron? Yeah, but I I guess my... How to defend him. He's seen this man for years and years. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, LeBron's changed since then, but... He's a better shooter now. But, I mean, well, overall, like, he has not shot well outside. Like, this is kind of similar to, as far as his shooting struggles anyway, or at least in the uh, Nuggets series. Uh... Like, it reminds me of almost like of his 2015 year where it's like, well, it's weird because he had his jumper all year. Then the pandemic, uh, or then the bubble came and it was like, he wasn't shooting at the same clip. And we were like, oh no, did he just, did he like, did he age overnight? And then the playoffs started, it was like, nah, he just wasn't playing hard. So, <laughs> but the jumper still has not really returned. And we, and except for, uh, you know, the end of game, the closeout game the other night, like he was not, he was not willing to take jumpers. Um, so like, it could be like one of those, you know, like one of the Spurs series that he's lost where it's just like, Mm -hmm. all right, shoot. And I mean, he has, you know, X number of days to kind of work on that or whatever else. But like either way, like the reason why I'm, I'm picking the Lakers in seven is because like, you throw that zone out if you want to. Between LeBron, Anthony Davis, or Dwight Howard, they're just gonna out rebound you. So ultimately, they're gonna get more shots. That's why when, mm-hmm. when it comes down to me, like I feel like both teams are gonna play hard all the time. They have the two best players, and they're out, and they're gonna win the, the rebound advantage most nights in a, in the series. So that's why I'm going with the Lakers more than anything else. We will see. Yeah. Niggas better not lose. <laughs> Letting them know now. Let not lose. <laughs> this is funny thing about me because the party part for me is like, you don't even like this Lakers team, so when they you win, you all go like you'll be like, Okay, cool, my team won and you can move Number on. Number seventeen. Your but if they lose you're gonna have so much fun shitting on this team. Oh yeah. It's gonna be glorious. <laughs> yeah. Might um, might have to break out a Levitar rant. Yeah. Jesus. So, speaking of L.A. basketball teams, the Clippers have decided today to get rid of Doc Rivers. See ya! Oh, man. I was surprised. And the, and the weird thing about it is, initially, they were saying his job is safe, and then, you know, two weeks later, nah, it ain't so safe. It is not. Yeah, it is not. Exactly. In the words of you, it is not. Um, I haven't watched any Oz Academy or any of her uh, freelance matches in a while. I need to check her out. Uh, anyway, so... Yeah, um, they're saying, or at least uh, Woj, last month looked, said that the two candidates to look out for are, are Ty Lu and Jeff Van Gundy. <laughs> Jeff Van Gundy's not coming out. He would. I think he would. I think he would come out, or he would take an interview for this job. I mean, it's a 
anyone that gets the job is a contender right there. Mm-hmm. So, um, I you know, it, you have to consider it. You would have to at least consider it. Um, now, as far as Ty Lue, sure, why not? My problem is when it comes to, you know, coaches in waiting or assistants that are already on staff when you have to fire or let somebody go, it always gives me reason for is like, okay, so what the fuck were they doing with their leadership or whatever else whenever some T-Dynamic t- X caused the season to go south? Well, they weren't they mm-hmm. there? Now they're going to be boosted up? And, you know, Lou was has been in this position before when they fired uh, Black when they were 30 and 11 or some shit in 2016. Mm-hmm. So I can't say that he has no track record of actually being there when things aren't necessarily great or morale's low and then still winning. Um, but I'm just, I'm just, you know, I feel like that is an outlier that proves the rule as opposed to, you know, he's this magical, uh, chemistry guy. He is somebody that will hold people accountable. Yep. Which seems like that's something the Clippers really, really need. (laughs) That is true. But, um, I don't see it being him. Uh, so like you said, he was there during all that stuff. Yeah. He is an NBA championship coach. Yep. Great defensive mind or a good no, defensive great mind. Great offensive mind. Great offensive mind. And you worry about the defense. Like, yeah. I, um, I don't know what he does for someone that brings him in for defense, but like, as far as offense, he definitely would figure out roles that, for all of with, you know, the Montrez, Lou will pick and roll thing that they do two-man game that they have with trying to get the right shots for Paul George for trying to maximize Kawhi Leonard in the minutes he's he can in games he can play I feel like he I feel like he I'm only worried about defense with him honestly mm-hmm. if you were to take this job I'd be worried about the defense because honestly that's what did them in well that's the biggest thing that did them in more than anything like they they have to devise something to be able to if they run into a dominant big man they can do something with it because their answer was basically play Montrez, who is a smaller power forward at center. Mm-hmm. And he's not a defensive player. Or he is he's a he's an offensive person that flops <laughs> and takes charges. Like he's not a, he doesn't offer rim boom. protection. Right. Like when we thought about them linking up together, we were thinking of Beverly, Paul George, and Kawhi as perimeter dogs, and like that's great. What happens when people actually get by them and get to the rim? Oh, layup city. Okay, <laughs> so um, you know they got to you know I don't know who they hire, but whoever they hire need to have an eye on their eye on you know trying to figure out a real offensive system for all the things I mentioned before and figure out a substitution pattern for all of that. Bring everybody back. Everybody needs to come back. Hmm. Well, not maybe not Joaquin Noah because that was just a, that was just. A, <laughs> that well, you was might want to look at getting getting Beverly out of there too. Think so? Shit, man! It's about that time. Like he only getting older. Might want to look for some scoring at that position. Well, I mean, at that point you're pick you're looking for role players now, right? Because like you come back next year, you're gonna have to pay. Montrez, some more money than he was making before, because he's off his rookie deal. Bro, he's going to be out of there. Think so? Somebody's going to offer him a contract. After this playoffs? Yes. 
He won the six man of the year. Yeah. He also gave it all back in the finals in that fucking Nugget series. <laughs> you know, somebody will pay. Bruh, he somebody will look for had, talent. Somebody will talk themselves into into paying it. He, and then they'd be like, Clippers, you want to match this? And then Clippers would be like, oh, we'll renounce his rights. Okay. How about a sign and trade? Okay. All right. I, I, but I'm, I, if they go, I'm trying to figure out who are they go. You know what? After this year, because Dwight's on a one-year deal, right? Mm-hmm. Dwight's going to get paid. Dwight might need to go get that money from the Clippers after next year. Maybe. And you look at him like he was the best backup big man in the league. So he's going to, and you look at what he did to, to yoke, to Jokic. Like he can get Montrez money or whatever else. I mean, about to save his career. That man about to get like a, like a two year, $25 million deal or some shit like that. <laughs> two <laughs> years, less, $30 million. Maybe less than that, or maybe like two years twenty, because you know the the, the center market is mm. is completely ramped down now. Um, but yeah, they need somebody. They need like if they added Dwight and got rid of Montrez and um, I don't know. Maybe you get rid of maybe you run with Shaman instead of and get rid of Ty Lue or not Ty Lue, but uh, Lou Will. I don't know, but then because like basically, if you get yourself a defense a defensive big. Or whatever else with what you have, then you really have something defensively as opposed to, like once you get into the playoffs, like regular season, they're gonna dog some teams out, but mm-hmm. they need somebody for in case they run into an Anthony Davis or a Jokic in the West now. Um and that was their glaring weakness and we didn't realize the Jokic was gonna go out here and look like fucking Elijah. <laughs> when, when, you know, as far as output, not necessarily gameplay, but just like Jesus Christ, he's killing these dudes. Um mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. Maybe I would say stand pat for them or whatever else. I really think that team is good enough to win a title if they get over whatever, you know, they get whatever whatever chemistry issues they have to actually like not quit when things get hard. Like that's one that thing that's the biggest thing is like every time someone gave them or every time the Nuggets actually like decided to give them resistance, they folded. And the Nuggets you know, only gonna get better. The Warriors gonna be back, and they're probably gonna have like. Something to make some type of splash. The Nets going to be back. Yeah, I don't like, believe in the Clippers at all. Well, especially Kawhi Leonard is only going to get more injured over the years. <laughs> I, 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 I have a heart. I just feel like that team is so. You, in theory, you could play big. Was and they the Clippers. <laughs> See, that's your main thing. Is like you're playing the big brother in superiority complex over the Clippers. You just can't imagine them ever actually being good. As opposed to, I'm looking at this you team know. and seeing like the, the people that they have, and I'm like, that's a championship level roster. Hey, like you have to do some tweaks on the edges. Told, God, go ahead, go your point. Yeah, yeah. So niggas told me Lakers exceptionalism was dead. You know, but it ain't. It is not. Well, we'll we'll see in the, over the next week or two, won't we? I'm, no, we we already got bad to you know being contenders. <laughs> oh, so, oh, so y'all good with winning just the West now? No, not at all. Okay then. <laughs> but like the whole thing was, you know, Lakers and Centralism ain't gonna attract no players. You know, they, they they're looking for a culture. They're looking for all. No, they uh, they looking to be located in Southern California, <laughs> where the biggest and the best there is, and it ain't changed. 
I'm glad you feel this way because I remember like what eight about eighteen months ago, or basically around the time like LeBron came back after the groin tear, and he didn't like, and the team didn't come back, and the season was going to take, and they missed the playoffs. You were saying like I, you know, who wants to play with LeBron and all this shit now? I mean, I don't know what their outlook is for well, the year after nope, this. Look. No, nobody signed there originally. They, them niggas had to move the league around to get Anthony Davis traded there, and, and then you know once that's this, there, what, what it was I a lot easier. Aren't you happy that Paul George didn't sign? <laughs> Indeed, that's why I, I didn't even sweat Paul George not signing at the time. I just thought he was a, I thought it was like you know a sucker for like acting like he was gonna sign. It's like, bro, you ain't even gotta act. Just you know. Just, just go back to OKC. You ain't got to play with it. Oh my gosh! Like, we'll that see. nigga from Riverside, or he like he's from the outskirts. Like the he ain't outskirts. really from LA. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so I guess it's time to talk about wrestling. Yeah. You know, I will probably give you a lot more jokes strictly on the basketball, but I'm yeah. sure I can think of a couple for, um, you know, some of the wrestling here. Yeah, boy, it's going to be a bitch editing all these drop calls. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. Yeah, we, we they, like, somebody uh, don't want us to win tonight. Oh, uh, I'm telling you. Yeah, they. Uh, so, <laughs> um, WWE Clash of Champions. Um, I I know this show was not bad, but I don't know if I necessarily like this show. Um, <laughs> it's weird. Like, I think this is more or less like a... I feel like it's a two-match show if we're talking about, like, things that are... Or, or, I say it back, a three-match show if you're talking about things that are, like, worth talking about as far as or things being memorable from, you know, um, we look back at the end of the year on this show. Um, the, the ambulance match, of course, the, the main event with Roman and Jey Uso in the ladder match. Um, I think that the, uh, women's match with the women's raw match, um, for the title for Oscar versus Zelina, based on expectations succeeded, but I don't know how good that match necessarily is. Um, and then the rest of it is more or less just like TV matches, like second half of our TV matches that are just there to fill time because, you know, we did three pay-per-views in, like, five weeks or six weeks, whatever the fuck it was. Right. Yeah, um, man, it's like you said. Like, I I think that, you know, the main event was super. The opener was super. And then between that, you kind of just got a lot of a lot of downs and then, you know, st- sticking your head over the horizon. So, you so know. Can, I, can I say it? What? Can I say the overall synopsis of this pay per view? What it was? Sure. <laughs> the meat was trash, but the buns was excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, it was the bookends that, that carried the favor that carried carried the day for this show. And if you love this show, it's because you love those the the beginning match and the end match, and then like whatever else is you just like whatever. It was the rest was time filling. I don't care. Um, yeah. So let's start with the ladder match. Uh, Intercontinental ladder match. Sami Zayn versus Jeff Hardy versus AJ Styles. Um, 
I I thought this was the second best match that the main rosters had this year. Um, the other the other match I thought was better was um, AJ versus Daniel Bryan for the uh, for the um, Intercontinental Title Tournament final. Um, this match is like it's a slower paced match. Like if you're a person that's not into um, the story, you dock it because I docked it honestly. Um, like, I thought they made AJ Styles, like, the dumbest fucker alive. <laughs> the dumbest motherfucker alive. Like, uh, but, but yeah, like, outside of that, some of the spots were, uh, stuff was just like, that was, in a, that was, I haven't seen that before, that was cool, that was stupid, you shouldn't do this, it was dangerous. Uh, and also stuff where you just like, Sammy, heel Sammy Zayn, flashed. Uh, this, I feel like this is his best heel performance. Um, from a character standpoint, not necessarily the, the work. Um, but yeah, like, and also play surprise because of, you know, he, after he left for the pandemic or whatever else, and now he's back and he actually getting his titles back, his title back. I thought it was cool. Um, but yeah, great match. But I, um, it's hard for me because, you know, I don't, I don't rate these shits just based off my, um, like, I give my initial reaction and I think and go back and think about like, what are matches that I can compare it to or whatever else. And like mm-hmm. I like the, like if I were to say like move for move was match was better between thi- and stunt for stunt was better between this match or the North American ladder match from uh, Taker before I think that the other the North the, the NXT match is better, but still this is I still think it was a great match. Like it's at least four. I think I think some people are out here giving like four and a half, four and four quarter, or four and three quarters and shit. But um, I, either way, I'm not gonna go that high. But I still love the match. Yeah, no I'm stuff. one of those people. Um, like I like this a lot more than the North American one. Mm-hmm. I thought this one was a brilliant match from like some of the like stuff, like um, cuffing his ear to the ladder. Like it's it's painless, but it's like right. brilliant it's at gross. the same time. It's gross. Yeah, yeah. But and um, remember Minoru Suzuki, uh, Randy Orton. Remember those days? <laughs> I do. Um, I, I thought uh, Sami Zayn did. Uh, there was an excellent column that came out on the Ringer. I don't know who wrote it, but they talked about the deconstruction of Sami Zayn's move set. However, he broke all that shit out, um, <laughs> and we should have known that this was uh, was going to be a good match because Sami Zayn, nuts with ladders, a wrestling genius. Jeff Hardy doesn't give a fuck when he starts holding his hands, you know, like this, yeah. you know, and, and the two finger pose on top of the ladder, you know, some shit's going down. And then AJ Styles just kind of had to be there while they, you know, had to match around him for the most part. All right. Well, I'm going to stop you right now. So I was watching this match knowing that y'all was going to say that he wasn't doing no shit. And then I noticed that like he was doing shits. And then like after, I know you watched it after most of us watched it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and then you said like he was doing shit. And I'm like, Huh? So he he takes a back body drop onto a ladder. He gets tipped over on a ladder, ends up and falls off the ladder over the ropes to the floor. He like, did that he, in like the safest manner possible, like the the most non bump taking okay. way so, possible. No, the most non bumping uh shit you ever seen in ladder matches rock at the Intercontinental Title match against, ladder match against uh, <laughs> Triple H at SummerSlam 2000 uh, sorry not 2000 but 1998 that's the least uh, bumping ass shit you ever seen in ladder match AJ just had a normal ladder match now if you want to say like yes he didn't bump like Sami Zayn or bump like uh, like like Sami Zayn or Jeff Hardy sure but it's Sami Zayn and Jeff Hardy Jeff Hardy would Jeff Hardy 
ever have made a million dollars in his business if he did not take the bumps he did for 25, 30 years? No. I say no. Yeah. He's Spot Monkey. We made these, look, his brother calls him a Spot Monkey. He knows he's Spot Monkey. Why do you think he's on, why do you think he's taking so many hey, drugs in his life? Cause he's in somebody pain. Somebody got to be, li- li- live for the moment. Some, somebody got to be. Live for the moment. <laughs> Wasn't yeah. that his catchphrase at one point? Yeah. Living in the yes, moment. I, to me, that was just a, just a, a code for doing drugs. Yes. But yeah, never mind yeah, that. Yeah. You know, when it's uh, bad, it's demons. But when it's a fine, it's just living in the moment, you know. Right. Li- you know, living your lifestyle. It's like, I'm like, still drugs. <laughs> Yeah, but this was excellent. And yeah. happy to see Sami Zayn win. I think we called it on the show. Yeah. I, I just I just for a second, like one thing I will say is WWE has to do a better job of realizing like the kind of shots they take with their camera in tight shots or wide shots. And when they go to tight shots, if you've watched their product for any amount of time to know the beats of what if somebody goes to the top rope and they go tight on the person with the top rope, you know that somebody's already back up on their feet that was laid down on the floor or they're about to or they position themselves where they can roll out the way. They, so when Sami Zayn got the had handcuffed Jeff's ear earlobe or ga- gauge hole uh, to the ladder and then went inside and handcuffed AJ's arm and then AJ was getting a or sorry had Sammy handcuffed his hand. Was trying to handcuff. Uh, no, he handcuffed. Sammy handcuffed AJ's arm. AJ had foiled him. It was about to climb up, and they show a, a angle for where they're showing tight on AJ's face, where before he gives him whatever suplex, or whatever he dilly gave him. At that point, I was like, he just handcuffed himself to AJ, so that AJ can't climb. Sure enough, cut the angle. AJ's like one tarnation. And sure enough, he looks down and Sammy <laughs> smiling like, yes, you cannot get up here without me. I have fucked you. And I was like, you have to, you have to figure out something to where like you can get an angle shot without making it and tipping me off to where I know that shit was going to happen. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'm watching. So I see that happen. And then like the finish is just so preposterous and like is AJ a heel or a face right now? I don't even know. Last I last I left, I was a heel, right? So mm-hmm. it's not necessarily as bad because he fucked over a heel, and you can have heels be dumbasses, but they would never do this to Randy Orton to where Randy Orton gets outsmarted by another heel and handcuffed to a ladder, and he doesn't have the the presence of mind. To actually, I know that they, they wouldn't do that to him because, in fact, um, let me finish my point. They wouldn't do that to AJ. Stop. They, they wouldn't do that to Randy Orton. Orton's the heel, and I know they wouldn't do that mm-hmm. because, in a similar situation in TLC 2015, AJ, I'm sorry, uh, Cena was handcuffed to the top rope. He unlatched the uh turnbuckle, climbed rock, uh, Orton in the head with uh, the turnbuckle. Cena's about to climb. Orton gets up, grabs the rope that is handcuffed to the Cena, and yanks him down and push, and, and he falls halfway on uh, short on uh, a, a, 
a table and it climbs up and wins. So AJ doesn't realize that, hey, mm-hmm. if I just climb down two rungs and pull, I'm taking the ladder and we have to restart the match all over again. He has to get into the ladder until I can or buy me more time. He just sat there stupefied like a damn dummy. And now for me, it was just like, they have never portrayed AJ as a goddamn well, dummy before, to my knowledge. And now he apparently is. Total spaz. Well, that man thinks the earth's flat, so... So, so anything could, could, uh, you know, happen. I don't know how that's applicable point, point to whether or not him being smart at wrestling, what does that have to do with him being smart at wrestling or not? I just don't, I get what you're saying. He's dumb in this aspect, so he should be dumb in everything, but like, it might bleed over. So, no, I don't. Uh, here's the thing. May, look. Maybe that works if, like, he's been a dumbass at any other point in WWE. They, they've never really made him a dumbass before. As a heel, anyway. So, <laughs> I, for me, it's just like, that's so preposterous. Like, like I don't know what to do. I, I, I have been flummoxed. Like, <laughs> whatever. Great match, though. Um, <laughs> next match after that was the Raw Women's title match between Asuka and Bumble the Month candidate Zelina Vega. And match... That based on you, expect- you mean Z- Zelina Vega? You mean Zelina Sabre Jr.? <laughs> <sighs> okay, so this match is proof that WWE's um, old fashioned women doing spots and choreography and flips instead of actually wrestling, it never had to exist. Zelina Vega is not some super experienced worker and they told a simple story of Asuka could fucking kill her. She's way bigger than her. She can kick her head off, but she has a bad limb and Zelina just isolated it and kept working over and working over it to her advantage. And whenever, uh, Asuka would escape, she would find other things to do to take advantage of it and get near a uh, near fall here or, or stay on top. And then ultimately, Asuka was able to escape because she's a submission specialist and slap her in um, the chicken wing and won. And you watch that match, you're just like, wow. Like, Alessa Bliss has never, ever, after all this time, after all those matches, after all we've had to endure, for all we've suffered, for all we've lost, has ever wrestled as well as Zelina did, and Zelina ain't out here working a million matches or working house shows, being put on TV or whatever else. This is a match that all you had to do, it was very simple and straightforward. And, and it worked for, it wasn't some great match, but it was a fun little match, and it, and it, and it was something different than what you were expecting. Like, I was expecting them to go out there and do all the choreography, and I guess with, you know, Oscar or whatever else, it was like, nah, I'm not having that. Russell to get the fuck on, and Zelina decided to wrestle. I thought, I thought it was success based on expectation. I thought it was a nice little wrestling school match. Like, if you've right. been at a wrestling school for six, six months, you do a basic match, right. that's what you'll get. And right. she, she did a cool move at the end, uh, Zack Sabre roll up, and, you know, she might have had a couple people believing she might steal it. So... It was all right, and that's the goal of that match is get the bite of the pit or the near fall at the end, really. So a lot of these matches on this mm-hmm. card, quite frankly, that was the goal. I don't know if most, I don't know how you know it comes down to how would you believe in or whatever else, but like I never believe for a second I was losing this match, but you know I was like there it is. They did they they pressed every button you're supposed to press to make it work. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, 
Asuka ends up winning. I don't like the idea of Zelina bowing to Asuka. I don't like that. I don't like the the the, the uh, imagery of that. But whatever. Um, Asuka bowed back, and then Zelina hit her, and then Asuka cussed her out in Spanish or uh, sorry, in uh, Japanese. But no. before before that happened, Asuka got on the mic and said that she was a firecracker, and I was just like, "This is straight from Vince." Yep. Yep. You know. Pop, look, Latin and small. Oh, definitely. They something about spicy or something about being a firecracker. Definitely something <laughs> involving heat. Some type of heat was going to be mentioned. Um, Boy, yeah. Um, I think the next match after that was the United States title match, and this is where like the the first hour of the show was like, look at this, sh- look at this little you know throwing together nonsensical show out here with a solid B plus through a first hour. Look at this show, and then we get to Bobby Lashley versus Apollo Cruz, and this is a regular ass match that would be on the second half of a, of a Raw. Um, I ain't got nothing for you on this match, bro. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, man, get Lashley in the ring with McIntyre again. Like, apparently he's only good with big people. When he wrestles people small in WWE anyway, it's just, just, it's fine. He works hard, but there's nothing really there. There's no oomph for some reason. Did you ever see him in Roman Reigns or no? No. I would check out that match if you like big man Bobby Lashley. That was before 2018 SummerSlam, right? Yep. Yeah, like that was another more contender match, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Bobby Lashley, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, they tried hard. Just, just, it was a TV match. It just felt like a TV match. Um, hey, we was right, though. The Big Black one. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, so. Ricochet, manager. Yeah, the manager, Ricochet. The one and only managing extraordinaire. Um, okay, so yeah, he got beat with the. Uh, <laughs> he gets in some hope spots, and then all of a sudden he gets put in the fucking full Nelson, and then he taps out or pass out. I can't remember which one. Um, I'm trying to think what the next match was after that. Was it was it Bailey and Oscar? Yeah, Street Profits tag match. Ah, that's right. That is right. They're having a match where, like, for some reason, I don't know, like, they're trying hard, they're working really fast, but it's one of those matches where it's like, there's no, I don't know what the story necessarily is, and one, like, necessarily building towards some super, well, I take the bet. They get the heat on Montez early, they build towards a hot, a hot tag for, uh, D'Angelo, D'Angelo runs wild for, like, 15 seconds and then gets cut off and then they bring Montez back in back in um and at some point they were going between um they get Garza in the ring with uh Montez and they go for a Spanish fly and as they go for a Spanish fly they're going slow trying to get up there but you know that's what they're headed for the Spanish fly and like okay what they're going very very slow and then as they go up you see Montez's left foot slip, and I was like, oh my god, please Girl, abort. Please he barely abort. got around. Please abort. Barely got around. If you go replay that, Garza landed head, forehead first on the right. mat. And I was right. like, oh no, this dude might be terribly concussed. But he immediately rolls uh, Montez up for the pin, and then he gets up, and he goes for a, for a um, knee strike, 
And after he hits the knee strike, he just collapses and grabs his hip, his left hip, and I'm and um, he tags out. And then next thing you know, Andrade gets pinned off of, or he gets hit by D'Angelo for a um, a spine buster, and then. The counts one, two, he gets the shoulder and kicks out at three, and then the ref still counts three, and I'm just like, what the fuck just happened? And, um, they had mentioned that, you know, we talked about Garza getting out in the match, um, apparently they decided to call the whole match off after mm. that point, and without ever cluing in on and Andrade for any reason, and it's just weird. Hmm. Like it just it, it it just and then like the ref the referee is like I'm sorry the, the commentary team puts it over as like the ref almost like went into business for himself or is incompetent and it's like that's not good for the product or the TV show right. or whatever story you're eventually going to go and tell because you're just sitting there like I just, what just happened here what just that's not what was supposed to happen obviously why is this ref an idiot why and then why is the the, the commentary team pointing to the fact that this ref's an idiot. Um, so it, it was, it, it was just weird. Um, as far as, you know, Garza, well, go ahead with your, whatever, uh, uh you want to say about the match, the match. I would, I want to go to Garza next after this. Yeah. I, I don't really have too much on it. Um, it was like, just kind of there and I'm just the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, why isn't Andrade doing something better? Yeah. Yeah. Um, now as far as Garza, I went immediately, like replayed uh, the 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 see where the injury occurred, mm-hmm. and I don't know. It's just one of those stupid things where, like, you know, nothing nothing impactful hurt. Like, if anything should have been hurt, it should have been his, it should have been a concussion from his, from his forehead um, hitting mm-hmm. the mat. But he gets up, goes for the knee strike, and then collapses, grabs his left hip, and like I started thinking, like. Is this a quad tear? Is this like he something happened to his like um his IT band? Like uh, is it a groin tear? What is it? And you know, um I forgot who said it, but like word from the back was that it was a it was quad related, so that's a fucking rough process. And it also makes you think about some other stuff with Garza. Yeah. Yeah. Because right, that's one of those injuries. Yep. It sure is. Um, it also makes you worry about his future. Like, I don't care about whatever he may or may not be doing, but as far as like his style, mm-hmm. quad tear is going to change a lot of that. Yeah, like Triple H. Yeah, like Triple H ain't out here doing flips. So it wasn't doing good matches either, bitch. Like, no, my, no, 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 my point is like. The people we've seen recover from this type of injury or had this type of injury in wrestling and come back, like, I don't want to say they're necessarily stiffs. In the case of Kevin Nash, yeah, a stiff, but, or turned into a stiff from that moment, but, like, we're, we're talking about dudes that are, like, powerhouses and brawlers and technical wrestlers as opposed to, you know, motherfuckers that can be, you know, sensational and, and spectacular at times with flips and Spanish flies and, and moonsaults and that sort of thing. Like, this mm-hmm. might alter his whole entire career. If this is in case, in fact, a, a quad tear, I'm hope it's not. I hope it's something else stupid that he can return and be what he was or what he's what we've seen him be. Right. Yeah. Um. 
so next match after that, I think it, I think it's we, the uh, we, the we avoided Bailey Nikki Cross. Yours, this might be cover related. You are celebrating. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Terrible. Um, Terrible. Terrible human being. But, um, yeah. How do you feel? I, I, how, I, 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 hope, I hope you feel good for you. I, feel, I hope you feel good about yourself. <laughs> terrible, terrible human being. Terrible human being. I hope no one is sick. However, you hope everyone is like, safe. I hope everyone's safe. Like Prince Nassim would, would say, I just hope that they're all safe. But thank you for not making me have to watch this match. Wow. Wow. However, you know, instead of Bailey and and or Bailey and Nikki Cross, we got one thousand. Yeah, we got Bailey versus Oscar one thousand with with a bad finish. So yeah. So either way, we we're going to get an angle. Yeah. That's all it's telling me is like it wasn't about the match; it was about the angle, which is like kick you <laughs> like, and, and we'll get to the main event when we talk about this too. Is like. I understand that most of the money is made off TV now and that the things that you're trying to sell is your TV. But it always feels hustling backwards. It always feels like hustling backwards when a non-surprise return something that's not something that's an angle that's not like a return is like we throw out this match as bait to, to, to and then the real thing is is not the matches in fact whatever angle we're giving you to get you interested in whatever is to come and it's like unless it's a return cool if, if it's a return cool if it's something else I'm always kind of like for the most part I'm usually like oh, I wish he had I wish he had put that on TV and then like give me a match like it's kind of the reason why we, you know we watch two minute pay per views to watch the matches. Like, mm-hmm. like that is TV show shit. Put it on your TV show, and then you know I can hear about it. I don't want to watch that, but whatever. Um, it was a little. It was a fun match until it, you know the DQ happened. I was furious. I was like, I, y'all have good. Y'all had a good match at SummerSlam. Y'all can just do another good match. No, no, fuck me. Okay, thank you. Then um, another dead giveaway. Bailey goes to celebrate after um, putting the chair in the Asa's gut. With um on the ringside area, and it's a tight shot, and her back is turned to the ringside opening on the backside. So I'm like, okay, somebody's about to hit her. Somebody's about to attack her from behind, and sure enough, you hear that perfect ping from the chair <laughs> off her back, and it's Sasha, and Sasha has a soft neck brace on, which I don't know why, but it made me laugh like this. <laughs> Like you know, she been she got hurt five weeks ago. She's still selling this neck injury. Meanwhile, the same neck injury that Ronda Rousey wrestled through the next day with and won a match in. This is like so goofy. Um. Anyway, I gotta say, man, I'm not enthused (laughs) for Sasha and Bailey. I I find it hard to care. I have hated what Bailey's done like the last year, essentially. And it feels like, man, WWE held these people apart for years and years and years and years. And it looks like they're going to a match to do it in October. Right. And damn, I can't even blame them. That's because like 
they made me not care about these people. Yeah, that's what the company does. And then I wouldn't be shocked to be seeing Alexa or Lacey uh, come WrestleMania time uh, well, in the title match. I don't know because the um, the draft is in October, October twelfth, like the second week of October. So mm-hmm. between Alexa and Lacey, who knows where the fuck they'll be? They might both be on Raw for all we know. I don't know. Like they're going to maybe it's some, Charlotte uh, for the SmackDown title. <laughs> I can see that. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just, I just really don't. Um, it's, it's weird. It's, it's really weird. Um, I, I, I imagine that this would be the, uh, SmackDown's, uh, Hell in the Cell match. Um, I imagine that would be it. I don't know what else it would be for SmackDown. Got people buzzing that. It's clearly going to main event. Um, I don't know if I saw clearly, but um, there's a chance at main events. I mean, yeah, um, there's a chance. It's going to be Hell in Cell. It's going to be one of the two Hell in Cell matches they have, probably. Maybe or maybe they, they stupidly do three again. I don't know, but I imagine that that would be it. I imagine that the, the other, the Raw side would be McIntyre versus Orton. Yeah, I think the Hell in a Cell concept, like, of course, they murdered it last year and the year before. Well, um, so you know they're prone, the main, prone in to the fuckery. Main event. In, in the main event, they murdered it. In the main event. Because the last two years, the oh, the first Hell in a Cell matches were both great. And then the main event Hell in a Cell matches both had just ridiculous bullshit finishes at the end that made you upset. But Business killing yes, finishes. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> A fucking no contest, a no contest on Hell of a Cell. Then next year, a fucking DQ or a ref stoppage. They don't want to call it DQ, a ref stoppage in a Hell in a Cell. That's um, that's what Mick Foley took that asshole before. Right. Um. Yeah, Sasha and Bailey does nothing for me right now, and I don't know what it is. Maybe it's Bailey. Her heel character to me seems like. You know, high school play villain, villainy, or whatever. And you feel like she's a dork. It's just being mean, right? right. And I'll, it's just like, what happened to the great wrestler? Like, I, I don't know. Like, she's wrestling. Then, she's wrestling Alexa Bliss and Lacey Evans every other and, week, and, <laughs> and they then, don't let her wrestle like Naomi or Sasha yet because they kept that away for years. Like. That whole division is a mess. Like the two best wrestlers on the division, it was really is, is Naomi, uh, or also I take it that it was also at the time it was before they split them up. It was Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville as well. It was like they had people that either were green or were or were garbage or trash, whatever you want to call them, or mediocre. And it was she had the belt for uh, like a year, damn near, right? And it's like here's a here's a heel with a belt, like. <laughs> Like she, they would never do this to her. She was a baby face. Right. Okay, so she won the belt at Money in the Bank 2019, right? Mm-hmm. She lost it at the pay-per-view bef- uh that was literally five days before the first SmackDown on Fox. And then she won it back on the first Fo- or SmackDown on Fox. So she has basically been the champion for like 18 months, 17 months, or something like that, with like only like five days of not being the champion in between. Bro, I feel like she's like, I've seen like two good pay per view matches from her in that time. 
<sighs> SummerSlam and then like a three star match with like um, Nikki Cross. Um, the rest of it, throw it in the bin. No, my hmm 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 because I only remember one. <laughs> um, I would say like it's weird because like the summer last year when they were doing like those MSG shows when they were doing like the tags with like the two horsewomen on Raw versus two horsewomen on SmackDown like those matches all were great but or three and three quarters or three and a half three and three quarters so very good to great good ass matches to great match so like it, it's all so it's weird and it's just like that whole roster from that SmackDown aside was always like an issue, but like, you know what? At some point, you have to be like, hey man, it was an issue for the SmackDown roster back when it was Becky and Charlotte, and what did they do? They went out there and balled. It was, it was, it was basically those two plus Oscar plus Naomi, and they made it work, uh, on SmackDown back then. Where is it, like, with Sasha and, and, um, Bailey? They constantly had Nikki Cross as like and, and Naomi as two other people they could wrestle, and then everything else was just like nonsense. Like they tried the Lacey Evans thing, if it, it, it didn't work, they tried the Alexa uh, tag thing with um, Nikki Cross, and Nikki had to be the iron, had to carry those matches or whatever else. And then like they're doing this nonsense with Alexa, and then they had the melodrama with uh, Otis or in or the Love Square with Otis and Ziggler and. and and whatever else, and they never actually like elevate either one of them. And now, you know, Mandy's on Raw, and Sonya is like going to court to try to put this fucker, this stalker away. So it's like it all turned into shit. Bro, is Otis like, it was a bad alive? roster, and it got worse. Hmm. Huh? Is Otis alive? I don't know what they're doing, with Otis. I mean, Kim, I don't, I don't watch SmackDown, so I don't, I don't know. Like, the only time I've watched any main roster is, like, the times where I'll just put on Raw, uh, like, when we're, normally, like, when we're doing this Monday show. I don't even have it up right now. I have my, and there's not even, like, a pay-per-view or, like, a, mm-hmm. like, a month, like, a pass, or a playoff basketball game on. I just have it on, the, my TV just off right now. I don't even have it on. Um, but yeah, like, it's, it's been a rough year, and, but ultimately, like, if they tried, it would be better than this. They have, so it's been, it's a bad roster, plus they didn't try. And, and they and they never let their two best wrestlers ever have a feud until apparently now, after a year and a half. Boy, yeah, um, right. yeah. I'm just you know baffled. Like you know, oh, well, why aren't the why aren't the 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 calls for the women's division louder here, uh, James? Like what what is going on with this? Good point. And you've been making this point for a while now. And every time you made this point, I was like, yeah, especially SmackDown. So I ain't got nothing else to add. We tied this conversation. Yeah. I was like, yeah, the SmackDown roster is, was shit back then. Uh, AEW is getting shit. And a lot of this comes down to uh, when it comes to WWE. People don't give them the benefit of the doubt because they have earned not getting the benefit of the doubt. So when people like uh, point out the, uh, I imagine in my mind, uh, when people point out that the AEW women's roster has this, or women's the time they get in the people in the what they, the effort they put in the character development and, and angles whatever else and they talk about how bad it is, I feel like those people are a lot like, oh yeah, the main roster, we we we've already been counted them out. How about some shit that we can possibly change around <laughs> for the better? Um, but yeah, like honestly, like th- think about it, like 
the SmackDown Women's roster was so weak, they decided, like, yeah, let's make uh, Sasha and Bailey, Sasha and Bailey, the uh, the tag champ, so they can float to Raw, so they can fight Kyrie and Oscar. That's exactly what they did. <laughs> Am I wrong here? Is that not what they, they did all summer long? They overexposed the hell out of them. Yeah. So there you go. Um, and I don't know what um amount of COVID considerations were made for why they ended up with rolling Oscar back out there, but mm-hmm. they did. And like, it was also weird for me, like when that happened, like she got took out with one chair shot. And then like that whole thing was going for someone was like, is Oscar going to make the save for, is Oscar about to make the save for, for Sasha? She fucking hates her too. And luckily they didn't. So kudos for them. Yeah. Not, like making me mad for that. Like is they did this whole thing over the summer and like, all of a sudden, like, you know, you're not... Sasha been evil forever. Right. Who, why the sudden, fuck, like, do I care? Like, right, <laughs> like oh, right, oh, you're right. here for your revenge? Like, oh. Right. I don't know. She's gonna have to, you know, cause she's gonna have to go redeem, go redeem herself. I don't know how. <laughs> but, we'll see. Yeah. It's really weird. It's oh. like, they turn her heel for one year. Mm-hmm. That'll be a hill for one or uh, thirteen months, and they turn a right back face. It's like, yep, had had a nothing title reign that lasted like what a week or two, like a week. It was a week. It was a week. It was a week. It was a week. Yeah, yeah. And I think I guess everything's gonna be all good when she when she wins the, the SmackDown Women's title. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then she goes on the feud against. Who? Right. Watch it be Charlotte. <laughs> I'd welcome that. I'd, I'd welcome that. Oh my god! I didn't. I don't want to see. Like you talking about, you don't care if you see uh, Sasha versus uh, Bailey. Like at least we haven't seen that to death on the main roster. Like we've seen so much Charlotte and Sasha. Don't get me wrong; those matches are great, but still, it's like y'all ain't got nothing else. Y'all can't elevate uh, nah. Shayna or Bianca. Can't possibly think of that. that can't do it. That that be that, nah. That, you thinking too far outside the box? That's crazy. Yeah. Jeez, man. Jeez. Oh no. Um. Next match after this was uh, WWE title match ambulance match between Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton. Match is based on the fact that after Drew beat Orton at. Uh, with a backslide at SummerSlam, uh, the very next night, Orton attacked him and punted him three times, and he was off TV for a while. Um, and he, when he came back, I think a week, after a week or two, because, you know, babyface is heel at preposterous uh, Magical portions. powers. Yeah. Like, he got a broken jaw, but his mouth's not wired shut. There's also that point as well. Um, <laughs> fuck. So, like... Oh, it, oh, it's broke. Like if he had said dislocated, even like okay, you can. You in theory, when people think of dislocations, they think of like shoulders or joints. And you're like, okay, you can pop those back into place, right? Right. Like, I don't I have no idea if you can pop a fucking mandible back into place, but at least you have that idea. When you say he broke his jaw, it's like okay, where is the wiring? Where where is the through the wire? Where is the swole? Yes, where is the steel plate jaw? Like you know, anyway. anyway so yeah. He comes back and he starts attacking Orton with Claymore, so then it turns into an ambulance match because 
whoever hits their move is going to end up with, you know, their kick on each other's jaw is going to end up needing to go to the hospital, so put them in the ambulance. Okay, fine, great. Um, they have this match, and every time, and Randy Orton keeps getting the advantage in the match is due to put McIntyre away. And then another asshole that has nothing to do with this match outside of Randy Orton attacked me months ago comes in and basically let thwarts Orton and puts him on his ass, but doesn't stay around to follow through on screwing Randy Orton in the way that they, which would be the reason why they came back. And mm-hmm. for me, watching this match, I'm like, I get the story you're trying to tell, but ultimately, this match plays on to where you you ultimately forget that in terms of normal match. So why did you do these things? Especially when it makes the heel the sympathetic figure because he keeps getting fucked. You could say that. A lot of them, like, just made me laugh, though, how they come out of nowhere, like... Out the woodwork. Man, From out yes, the literal woodwork. This man Orwell caught, caught his fist back, and all of a sudden, somebody grab, grabbing his hand, like, nah, player, like, like, I'm back. Um, I thought that... I don't know. This was a weird one. Like, some of that stuff was funny. Yes, it was. But, but it was unintentional uh, funny. It wasn't right. meant to be funny. Correct. It wasn't meant to be funny at all. Why did they need so much help? Like, I don't know. Like, they weren't necessarily helping Drew, but in Big Show's case, like, didn't he, like, just, like, fight McIntyre a couple months ago and, like, turn heel on him in the same night at, at WrestleMania or Monday Night Raw or it was a Monday something night, like that? Okay, so the match happened at WrestleMania. They they aired it and taped us, taped it telling us that it happened after WrestleMania went off air because it was in the PC. Yeah. So, who... I don't know. This is a clusterfuck with Big Show and McIntyre. But, like, the thing wasn't that... I don't think the thing was that Big Show turned heel on McIntyre. It was that he won a title match and he slapped Drew to get the match to piss him off at the go to mm. into a match. I don't think it was actually a heel turn, if I remember correctly. But it was back in April, so I don't really remember that clearly. But yeah. I don't remember it being a bit uh, a heel turn. But either way, in the first four, first three minutes of the match, or five minutes of the match is when he came out. Mm-hmm. And he grabbed him by the ankle. Orton turns around and is like, who the fuck is grabbing Orton's ankle? Turn around. It's the big, the big show. Yes. I was like, oh my God. And then he choke slams. He chokes, he pulls Orton out to the ring, out, out the ring by the uh, announce table and choke slams the announce table. And then the match keeps going. And then they end up to, going to the back. And they're in catering and like, Orton gets advantage on, on, um, McIntyre. And all of a sudden, Christian comes out and whoops that man's ass by, like, effectively catering. And then yeah. they end up brawling to the top of the ambulance. And by that, and another point, another note. By the time they had brawled out by, for the first near fall of the ambulance, um, I had saw, like, oh, there's a, there's a big rigging thing for someone to fall through behind the, basically <laughs> between the ambulance 
and the uh, the 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 uh, screens for the fans. So like somebody do a spot off the top of this ambulance. I already knew what's happening. So they go to the back. Christian attacks. They end up uh, coming back. They end up on top of the ambulance, and they do this spot that I was just like, oh my god. Okay, Rich, how tall are ambulance trucks? Less than ten feet, right? Like, eight feet, nine like feet, eight, eight, nine feet. How tall is Drew McIntyre? Drew McIntyre, six five. Okay, so they do this spot where Drew basically gets knocked by Randy Orton off of the edge of the ambulance, and then it's basically like a fucking action film where he's hanging off the ledge. By one, by both hands, and because there's like a there's like a handle on the edge of the back of the ambulance, and Orton stomps on one, so it's, it's supposed to be dramatic because he he got one hand off. his oh my god, he's gonna fall to his doom, fall to his death, and then I'm like, but it's a fucking ambulance, it's a three foot fall, like ah. people fall off the, the the ramp is higher, the falling off the ramp be a higher fall than this. What what is what are we doing? And what they did was they shot it tight to where you couldn't see that it was such a small distance. But in my mind, I'm still like, it's a nine foot ambulance. It's six foot five. They're trying to trick you. So, like he fall, so he falls off and I was like, this is fucking stupid. And the next thing you know, the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, is up on top of the ambulance. He just climbed up there he, and snuck no, up just, on the Viper. He, he just appeared. Up on, the heartbreak kid snuck up on the Viper hey, on top of may- the ambulance. Maybe, race. James, maybe he used his harness from WrestleMania 12 and landed up there without oh, yeah? us seeing it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> he, God damn it. He super kicks him in. What do you know? He, he fell off of the ambulance and fell exactly where the crash uh, setup thing was. But that was behind Amazing. the whole time that the camera still caught. I just like, oh my god! So then he's been left for dead. So all all Drew McIntyre should have to do now at this point is just roll his dead ass into the uh, thing, right? No. Right. Orton hits the last. He opens the door. He's about to throw him in there. Orton hits the RKO, throws his ass, throws or McIntyre's ass in there. Has worn their clothes. Drew stops him with the last one. Gets out. Hits the. Uh, I forgot what he hit. I think he hit a um punt. He hit him with the claymore. No, he hit him with the punt. No, no, no. Hit him with the claymore. Put Randy Orton in. Ah, then we about to close the, the door. Thought different. Then decided to get his vengeance. The the sweet poetic justice of you fucked me with this move, broke my jaw, so I'm going to punt you back and break your jaw, right? Except the part where like is not as sweet because you had help from three different motherfuckers to save you in this match. So. Kicks throws him in, close the thing, and then at the end, it's just this terrible, this ridiculously goofy, funny, uh, visual of Ric Flair being an ambulance gonna drive Randy Orton to the hospital. It's like, yes. why would he help him hand him to the hospital? He took him to the hospital. If someone puts me in the hospital, you know what? I don't want him to go to the hospital. I hope they fucking die. <laughs> Whatever. And, and also the visual is funny because at earlier in the, sh- in the match, Drew would do, uh, Claymore Orton into the open driver's seat door and got the way, so Drew had Claymore the door off, so the door is just laying there, so is is Rick just driving 
supposedly is driving down the highway. No jeep. With, with, on a no, yeah, yes, like a jeep. No doors. A no door ambulance. So the visual is goofy and funny, and that part was was funny for me. And I know I'm not going to criticize that part, but everything else involved in this match was like. It felt like they put in two different things, two different stories of this match to put together when it's like picking one or the other would have worked a lot better for me. Because hmm. because ultimately what it means, it made me was like it made for a person. That I felt like they've done a great job of making him look strong and he's always a badass. That man got all the bail. He got all the bail <laughs> in this situation. It's like I'm. I get that if it's a heel. I get that if it's not a match and it's all the people were t- and, and Drew opened the door and brought all these people back to go whoop his ass collectively um, and not a match. But the fact that it happened in the match and then like at the end, then he gets he gets it he gets his receipt. I'm just like uh, this. Like if this was all flipped around, that's a Triple H finish. <laughs> if Drew McIntyre's a heel and Randy Orton's a babyface. And all that happens, we say that's a Triple H match where you have all this interference, the babyface overcomes it, and instead of it leading directly to the finish for the heel to say that, the, so you could have um, sympathy for the babyface to lose, Triple H comes in and hits his move at the end, or hits a move at the end and puts him away, so you know that like Triple H actually is, you know, is 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 the greatest. Like, mm-hmm. except it's reverse. It is like it's, so it's not as bad, but it's still just like it just made Drew look so weak as a hero to me. I wonder if um I would assume that they're gonna do a Hell in a Cell match because they, they, they all this protection and bail. Yep, all this protection with the backslide right. winning and not getting pinned in the ambulance match right. and that and that's, we and tell, that's my main. We tell thing. people all the time like they clearly they say wins and losses don't matter, right? Right, but they never want to beat nobody they care about. Correct. And the thing for me, just like, you know, Floyd Floyd was arguing about the match, and like, that's cool that we disagree, but I'm just like, bro, when they had this Hell on a Cell match, you're going to look back and be like, that's the reason why they did it. Mm-hmm. So they can, so, because they didn't want to beat anybody, really beat anybody, so they had an ambulance match, no one had to get pinned, and then they had to backslide because they didn't want to have Drew McIntyre pin uh, Randy Orton for some strange fucking reason, and then you get through at the end of the thing, and it's like, Randy Orton uh, got hit with a backslide. He got fucked in an ambulance match, and then apparently, probably Drew's going to actually just beat him, or or Orton wins. <laughs> and it's like, so this whole time, these these past five months, when we protect this dude, it comes. And the game always comes back to Randall Keith Orton, huh? Okay, unbelievable. Let's get to the main event. Yeah, main event, Universal Title match. The big dogging tribal chief, <laughs> shirtless tribal chief. Yes, yes. Roman Reigns. The women's versus... love this, uh, from what I'm gathering. Sorry. The women's loved this. Good for them. Look, I'm sure. Look, I'm sure a lot of the men's love this too. Good for <laughs> them. It never made any sense that he was in the vest forever, any damn way. Like. You know, like he is. Look, we know why. Look, we know why Randy Orton, or not Randy Orton. Uh, we know why uh, Roman Reigns is so popular to a lot of to a lot of the uh, fan base. You know, throw them a ball sometimes, man. So, anyway, 
He comes out. He's wearing every single thing he normally wears, except for the vest in the in the, in the in the beater underneath. So it's like, I don't know why y'all didn't do this earlier. Whatever. Um, they come out and have the match. It is then like a how long was the match? Twenty two minutes. I think so. Yeah, it's basically a twenty two minute angle. I I disagree. Um, well, we I love this match. Yeah, I, I, I love this match. I, I like the angle, the match as far as the work. It was just, just. yeah, like <sighs> they 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 weren't coming out there to to wow you even because it wasn't seemingly an angle. athletically because it was um, an angle. I thought that this got Roman Reigns. I, I loved the presentation of it. It was slow, mm-hmm. but very slow. I, I I didn't like the talking. You didn't, but it. I didn't like all the talk. All of it or some of it. Like, it's, it just got to be a lot of it. Okay. <laughs> it was like, all right, man, y'all telling us but not showing us. Right. Because I think range should have like twelve. I think range should have been more brutal, but I still loved it. Everything about this, like it was, it, it was great. Like, um. If this had not been a match and had just been a typical Randy Orton five minute beatdown outside the ring, um, I would say it was great. Um, it's a match, and not for one single solitary second did I think that Rand, or, or Roman Reigns was ever in trouble. Was ever the, the finish was ever in doubt. Yeah, and yeah. that is a, and that is a problem for 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 wrestling matches. Like if there is never, like if I don't buy your fucking host spot, you're in fucking trouble, my guy. Um, but yeah, I had the same issues you did. Like I, I was watching this match and feeling like if this if this pace, this is a pace that we complain about for a lot of WWE heels. And I thought that we were going to get something different from or, uh, from um, Roman and. Um, there's still time for that because it's a special occasion, so I'm not gonna kill it that bad. Um, uh, but ultimately, I like the beat down. I like the, I like the stuff that, that happened throughout this thing, except it was a match and I thought the work was just so slow and there wasn't much of it. It was more of a, it was more of an angle than an actual match. Like, they hmm. even cut off, like, even the crowd noise from the Thunder, the Thunderdome got shut off so you could hear Roman talk. Like, they brought, they gave you some cinematic presentation for this thing to work. So, like, for me, I'm not judging as a match. If I had to judge as a match, I would probably just give it three stars and call it a day. Um, wow. I give this 4.75. I think this is one of the best matches of the year. I. Especially I in WWE. I, I. Hell no. <sighs> Fuck no. I'm never watching this match again. I've never watched this match again. It will never, it will never impress me to watch the match again. And the thing is, like, the thing is, to me, this match hit all the emotional stuff that, to me, people claim Dustin and Cody did last year. I think, like, I think Dustin and Cody smoked this. I think in reverse. I think this smoked Dustin and Cody, and they I, didn't have to bleed. True, but I also thought at certain points that Dustin can actually win. Um, I never... Mm-mm. Like, I think a lot of this comes down to, like, you love the Usos and I like the Usos. I think that also comes down to it as well. Um, mm-hmm. So, for me, 
And when I say like, I mean, I like them a lot. Like, I don't, you know, you hold them in a higher regard, regard than I do. Um, but I think the thing, I think... The, the Better thing than FTR. Like, <laughs> <laughs> shots, 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 shots. Um, yeah, I just think the thing for me is like, I'm not judging as a match because like as a match, I have to, I, 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 it just did nothing for me as a match. Like, so for, I'm, I think it's a great angle that was a match that went 22 minutes. And for me, like, I think of WWE comparisons for this kind of match and it's like, it makes me think of like the, um, uh, Brock and Cena from 2014 SummerSlam. And like, I remember I hated that match too. So like, I'm, you know, for me, just like, like you said, like a lot of the telling and not showing part, like they, sh- I, I feel like they, if it goes shorter, it's more effective. I just felt like there was, it went beyond, it went be, it went past its peak for me or whatever else. And as like, I, the point is like, okay, like I still like it, but like I don't, you know, people love it. Good for them. It, it just, it, well, for me, it, it didn't hit, resonate with me on that level. Mm. But like, I do think it was good, but like, I like the elements of it that like is the reason why I call it the angle as opposed to actual match because as a match, no, I, there's <laughs> there's a thousand matches I like more from this year than this match as a match, and I'm not going back to rewatch this. Yeah, um, and I, I think there's I a think, bunch of Roman, and also I think there's a bunch of Roman Reigns matches that watched this shit too. I think that um, the presentation here was amazing, especially yeah, I love, with, oh, he's great as a heel, by the way. Which is like, oh, uh, amazing. we told you motherfuckers this years ago. <laughs> it's amazing. Right. He turns heel and it, it is just like all of us said it right. would be better. Right. And it's like, and the other thing that always got me was like, okay, so you don't want to turn, you don't want to turn him a heel, even though like the reason why he was so successful is because the shit was awesome as a fucking heel act. You idiots. Like, just turn him back heel for a year and just flip it. Like, this, this guy. Once he turns turns the corner Bro. to do something good, people are gonna love that guy. You could you could have saved five years on this. Five years. R- Roman Reigns for maybe the first time ever feels like the hottest thing in the business. <laughs> and you know what he's doing, right? What? He's being Brock Lesnar. <laughs> That's funny. He's just being Brock he's just being Brock Lesnar, except he's still Roman. For the first time ever, it feels like he has the juice, and, and I feel like, well, since ironically, anyway, yeah, and, and ironically, I felt like the the way the look that he had on his face looked like Omar Epps after you know he threw you know Tupac to his doom, oh and then God. everyone was like, "You got the juice now," He's like. So <laughs> and then they, they put the lay on him, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah man, I, I I'm digging it." So, yeah. yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, the, tri- that, that, the when, tribal yeah, chief. Yeah, when it came to the respect, lay, the like, tribal chief. Yeah, so when it came to the lay, right? Uh, you know what? They, you know what they got that from, right? Nah, I'm your king now. Wow, Black Panther. That's clearly when the Black Panther when they when uh they threw T'Challa ass over when uh Killmonger threw T'Challa ass over the over the uh, the cliff into the river. And then, uh, the lady put the, uh, the, the necklace on him. That's, that's exactly where that's from. Um, funny. it still worked. It, it, it don't matter where it came from. It still worked. It was a nice touch. Um, respect the tribal chief. Now, what I will say is this. 
if they have the fucking Usos as his henchmen going forward after this, then like on some Nikki Bella Brie Bella shit, I'm just gonna be like, this is the dumbest fucking thing ever. Like they they, they better not do that. Like they better have like, a great look. They, look for a great reason. They better have exactly. That's, that's what I'm they better have a great explanation for this and saying like this. Look, that's island rules. Like if you get beat, he's got a joint, he's got a hot down. Like get down and lay down. Once he like y'all saw what he did to down. me. It'd be like this man making me do this. Like right, I don't right. want to fight that man again. Right? You saw it. You saw they whoop my ass. I don't want no smoke. Right? Like that better be. They better have it. They better. Have, they better explain it. They better not just be like, oh, you know, like it's gonna be a match, and then if you lose, you're gonna be a. You're basically gonna be a slave for thirty days to, to your to uh, your relative, and then <laughs> after thirty days pass, it just never. And they never go back to it ever again. Because that's what they did with bringing Nikki. So when does Daniel Bryan get to fight this Roman Reigns? I don't know, but they better save it for something special like like Royal Rumble or, or WrestleMania. Because we were looking for it. That's yep. the match. Yep. As always. We'll see. Or Big E or whatever babyface they can come up with. They don't fuck it up between now and then. But as far as the hillside, unless they fuck it up, they got themselves on. They got themselves their hill main eventer for the next uh, WrestleMania right there. If they don't fuck it yep. up, and hopefully Roman Reigns is impressed upon them that he will go back home if they fuck this up. <laughs> But yeah, they off to yeah. A, they off to a really good start. So, like I said, we went through this. Through well, I show. can leave. I can leave Heyman. Like Heyman can go for me. To me, he's not even really needed. I don't back. know. Well, I the thing is, like, I don't think that's necessarily. I don't know what their act. Is. I don't know how their interaction, their act is, as far as on SmackDown. People, from what I've heard, love or you know, they can. There's been there's two schools <laughs> of thoughts. Like people were like. It adds to other people who are like, it doesn't, so I don't know. I, I had to see it and be my, my own judge on it, but, you know, you might be right. You might be right. Yeah, just just for me, I, I feel like Reigns to speak for itself. He's um, had all, all these years to tap into whatever he needs to tap into to be a dick to fans and uh, in general. Um, it feels like... Like he feels like he's completely reborn in the best way possible. And what do you know? What do you know? It's the um, thing that we all said for years. Yeah. And anybody that you knew that was saying it was never going to happen, it was, you know, that he was selling too much merchandise. Uh, he was. He should have been the face of the company. We were wrong for going against him as a baby face. Roll up in their mentions and ask them, how about it now? Yeah. And ask them, <laughs> ask them, like, you know, so so what are you seeing now? Like, either, either you were lying then or you're telling the truth now. Which one is it? Oh, and also, like, the best part about that is, like, all this merch he sells, blah, 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 blah. The top star, the biggest person they paid throughout this whole entire time has been Brock Lesnar, who overwhelmingly was a heel all those years while they were paying him, you know, dozens of thousands of dollars, tens of dozens of tens of thousands of dollars every appearance to be a heel. So why can't Roman Reigns do it? That made that never made any sense. Anyway, um, also. This company doesn't survive on merch money. It survives on fucking television money. Right. That too. 
And it's like, it's also, you know, it's a heat company. It's a heat company. Like, you're shitty at making baby faces. Why would you want your top star to be a, a baby face? I get why, traditionally, why you want to do that. But this Bro, company, so much this cooler company now. runs away from everything that's professional wrestling. All they want to do is get fucking heat. So you may as well make your top star uh, heel. Why do you think every... You know, how many people in this company have ever said, I love being a baby face when they talk about their, you know, uh, their, <laughs> they do these behind the scene, you know, talks, talk about, you know, like talk about their, their, in their time to business or time in the company right now. Everybody loves being a heel. No one ever says they love being a, a baby face in WWE. Gee, I wonder except, why. Except John Cena, cause he loves the fucking kids. Well, he's the last guy to make millions of dollars doing it too. By the way, mm-hmm. as a baby face, so like, yeah, like that's kind of that's the one guy. You know, you knows he ain't here no more. Take his ass to Hollywood. So, um, not to, not to say there's a knock on Hollywood. Look, in fact, look, I can't wait till Roman Reigns leave this bitch and go to take his ass to Hollywood too. <laughs> look, you had you had I gave y'all how much time of my time and y'all screwed it up. Time to go, brother. Um, look, imagine. If he did this three years ago. Right. Or four years ago. Good Jesus. Yep. Could have saved a lot of time. Wasted time. Wasting careers. He's 34, 35 now. Mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway. Um, so, yeah. That's the review. The meat was trash, but the bones was excellent. <laughs> um... So, I guess, uh, it's funny because last week, uh, last, Wednesday, between Wednesday and Thursday before we did the preview show, um, I watched the first four nights of the G1 in a 20 hour, 22 hour span. Psycho. <laughs> and then, we didn't even review any of it on the show. So. Amazing. How that works. Yeah. So, um, we're here now to talk about the first four nights. Um, I have not watched, uh, any of night five yet. That's probably what I will do once I'm done uploading the show. Um, but yeah. Um, general thoughts on, you know, the G1 so far. It's been good. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think the G1s the last couple of years are way out in front of it, um, probably due oh, to yeah. a lot of different factors. Especially in the B-Block. Um, Especially in the B-Block. Yeah, <laughs> B-Block's a borderline wasteland. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, Tanahashi having to turn the clock back. To, to carry Naito to yes. his best match in ages. His first great match is January 4th, 5th. Yeah. Um, got Yano running around out there. Um, I think the A block's been kind of interesting. You got Juice Robinson dressing like a idiot. I don't know what he's wearing. Um, I think he's that- dressed like a he's dressed like a late 80s early 90s WWF wrestler like right like you can you can imagine him being like i don't know what 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 name would they came up for a blues brother gimmick in back then in the in the new new generation era Dax Harwood <laughs> <laughs> You're an asshole <laughs> <laughs> 
god. But anyway, what? yeah, just yeah, just he comes it. out there. He's out here doing doing a little sh- dance like he's fucking uh uh ro- the road dog. Yes. <sighs> you got um in the A block. You got Okada doing something goofy. I don't I don't know what he's doing. He's They're called wrestling people. To They're death. called wrestling. Yeah. That's what he's doing. He's boring people to death. He's, put, he's slapping on wrestles on people. And like, I don't know why. He's been doing this for a year, for two years now. Wait, has it been two, has it been, no. When did he, uh, the balloon gimmick was, that was the G1 last year. That was two years ago, right? That was two years ago. Yeah. So for the last two years on and off, he has dabbled in trying to get a fucking choke rest hold over and we keep telling him no, and he says, all right, well, I'll try this one this time. That'll kill the game. And we keep saying, we keep wanting to throw that back and say, no, get off this your ass. And, get off your ass and wrestle. And he keeps refusing. He keeps doing it. So he's at this point now where, like, he keeps doubling down. Because this is the same shit he was doing um in the New Japan Cup. Luckily, he had that match with Hiromu. Um, so, mm-hmm. like, you know, he had a decent, he had a decent run in New Japan Cup. But this... Um, like he had to match with Ibushi and like, you know, he had a four star match with Ibushi and it's like, it's a G1 last year. Y'all had a, y'all had a damn near five star match or, or some people probably get at five stars. So it's like, yeah, I think it got five. Yeah. So Dave. for me, it's like, and then y'all went to the grand and then y'all went to the Tokyo dome and y'all destroyed that five star match. Right. So it's like, all right. So I was expecting another Five stars type match. I got a disappointing. Yes, that's like no no way around it. That's one of the most disappointing matches of the year, even though it was four stars. But so it's like for me, it's like, all right, bro. Like I don't know what you're doing. Like with the Ujiro thing all summer long. That that was that fucking sucked. And the King of Pro Wrestling thing that was goofy. But like, can we get like, can we get like the normal you and we can stop with this nonsense? Cause like, you know that um that Abushi match that he just had like that went like it went like twenty two or probably like twenty it went over twenty minutes but it's like they didn't get up and start wrestling until like the twenty minute mark. Like yeah, they're, they're um, so they're so fa- fantastic that like their last five minutes to finish the closing sequence of that was so great but it's like hey man we talk about a this a too lot late. When it com- right we talk about this a lot with um. Like the Kenny and Hangman matches at the end, where it's like at the end they tried to save it at the end. Luckily, that match like was so at the end they they tried it, but it's like, bro, I still got a whole bunch of like laying around with this rest hole. Stop doing this. Mm-hmm. That that's how that's how I felt about it. Like, just he has to throw that out because like when he doesn't do that, like and he gets up and wrestles, he's still Okada. But I don't know why he's on this. I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know if he's tired. I don't know if it's bad conditioning. I don't know if he's just like looks around as like, well, it's my incentive. I'm not a champion anymore. They gave the belt to this fucker that doesn't try. So maybe should, if I don't try, maybe they'll give me the belt again. I don't know. But it's, yeah. it's a weird, it's a weird thing. It's a weird and, thing because it's and, like and people are coming for him really heavy right now, and, and a lot of it's uh, earned. A lot of it's earned. So, um. And I know who will not. I know who will not stand for uh, these rest holes and shit. His name is Tomohiro Ishii. There is not. There is not rest holes in Tomohiro Ishii's ring. Get your ass up and wrestle. No, a, a mirror to uh, at least two four and a half star matches for uh, in my book for Ishii so far. Um, 
him and Osprey uh, had a great match. I would have thought it would have been better. Uh, personally, I would have expected a five star match. I only gave that one a four and a half. Um, what I think I think that was night two, like the A block. Okay, I forgot what I gave it. I have my rating somewhere. Let's watch so much damn wrestling. Um, um, Suzuki and Issues of War uh, as well. Um, yes, I thought was. Jay. I thought Jay White and Shingo was good to an extent, and then I got just really infuriated by like the ref bumps and Jay White being Jay White at the so end. So was the but, Jay White match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Shingo losing a lot earlier. Uh, he did a loss to Jeff Cobb, uh, lost to White, and I'm like, man, so ho- hopefully he can pick up some wins, but hopefully this company realized what they have in him. Maybe because he's an outsider, he is older. I believe Shingo's 39 quietly or 30, 38 quietly. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, y'all could easily put that man on top. We ain't got to worry about nothing with him. Yep. But well, Yep. I agree. You know, he didn't wrestle in the dojo, James. So I don't know. You know, <laughs> I, I don't know um, how it's going to go. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of, of any other A block um, tai Chi, stories that kind of jump out. Tai Chi, I'm, I'm, you know, he's not knocking the knocking him dead per se, star ratings wise. But every time he comes out, I'm happy to see him. <laughs> um, I was I was more talking about like this is you know, um, Suzuki and I'm getting the win. Yeah, he got the win over Suzuki, which that was surprising to me. Um. And also that match, they, there was a point where they were fucking around and then they decided to wrestle at the end, um, which saved the match. Uh, Suzuki and Ishii, you mentioned it was a war. Oh, my God. Like, what is it with Suzuki right now? What has gotten into that man where he decided, like, I'm just going to come out here and we just going to slap the shit out of each other and throw forearms. And, like, that, that's his tough old man match now. Like, let me wrong, like he's been doing that now, but like the submission specialist murderer choke you out forever or put you in a leg lock forever. I don't know if he's put that to the side now, but like he's in never mode. He's still in never mode. Yeah, he's um having a great year, especially for somebody that's fifty two years old. Right. Um <laughs> for anybody in the world actually this year. Uh, he's been right up at the top. Um or is there anybody that kind of jumps out to you as an early favorite? Because I kind of have a guy, mm. and I'm hoping they're going with him. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I w- I don't really have anybody. Um, I don't really have anybody. Who, who do you have? Will Osprey. Oh well, he beat Yujiro and then he beat Ishii, right? Well, I don't know the finish again of night uh, of night uh, five, so I don't also- either yet. So okay, um, I think uh, actually I do know the finish on that one. All right, don't I tell do. me. But um, yeah, I think Will is, is going to come down to you know him cutting that promo that he cut on the first day. He said mm-hmm. he was the best wrestler in the world, and he's so happy to be back. He's got Okada on the final night. You figure that they'll be battling It'll the play points. In. Yeah. Um he's no longer a junior anymore. Um I think the the idea of Okada being in like the Tanahashi role last year 
is kind of appealing, especially when you're talking about Wrestle Kingdom to where, all right, who does Okada wrestle? Well, how about John Moxley? That's a fresh match that would be, you know, oh, uh, worthy of if worthy he can of get attention. Into the country. Well, he can get in. Like if Jay White and Will Ospreay and all these other people can get in. Yeah, but, but they White, don't have. Yeah, but there's also the quarantine every two weeks, and he's a person that's on weekly episodic television in America. Well, there is no um, Christmas episode. I know that. Um, so he may be able to make it at a certain point to uh, get to Japan, but it'd be I don't nice know. if it'd be nice if like you know AEW said like, hey, let's let's tape some for your and, and help your old boy John out and let him get out there and do the, <laughs> do the t- let all the you know let the Jerichos and and Moxies of the world and. You know, archers of the world. If, I don't know if he still if he can go back or not. I don't know, but like, let the people that can possibly you know go to Tokyo Dome come back and do their quarantine and do what like that'd be cool. I love to see like them back, you know. But you know, eight if if it is, is that a expensive AEW, um, I don't think they go. But I would like you know for them to you know you mentioned there's a there's a two week gap there. If they do some taping, they can make it work. They could, yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think I think Will somebody to watch. Uh, the B block, of course. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, the Tanahashi already lost to Naito. He lost. Lost to Yano. Bro, does does Hiroshi Tanahashi need to leave and start his own promotion? <laughs> <laughs> so you'd be like Aja Kong or like fucking Aja Kong, Mako uh, Satamora, Mako Satamora, Aja Kong, Mako Satamora. Who else has done that? Uh, Jaguar Yakota, uh, the Great Muda. Look, if it, yeah. uh, who else? Talk, talk does does a bitch need to leave and start their own promotion because they can't get booked right, bro? You know Ace he, Pro, Ace Pro Wrestling. Why not? The look, the one in one hundred, the one in one thousand, uh, wrestling promotion. Is it one in one hundred or one in one thousand? I can't remember. One in one hundred. Yeah, the one in one hundred wrestling promotion. I don't give a damn, bro. He has that match with Naito, and it's like this is great. It's it's not necessarily you know we talked about the Suzuki old man never match a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. Like it's Tanahashi. It is it is Naito having the the Hiroshi Tanahashi. Oh aging man knee match it is so great it's so great I like I said I could watch this dude do this for another five years another decade quite honestly and he loses the match of course great match I think I gave it four and a half and then two night or have this go to the second night of the a block night three and this and and he's he's out here doing all of the goofy comedy with Liano and then the match is where like <laughs> they end up far away. It's a foot race and shit. <laughs> they <laughs> and at the end anyway, he loses to uh he loses to Tiano, and I was like, bro, we doing banana pill wins this early in the G one. Stop this shit. Like it's bad enough that I would Yano undefeated. It's bad enough that I watched the Grand Prix and I had to watch uh, Konami lose to Def Yamasan, right <laughs> at the end to make the ma- make the, the because she had got too far ahead in points, so you had to add a banana pill loss 
uh, to, to make it all match up from last night. He's like, bro, we doing this this early? Are you sure you yeah, could this shit out of the way right now? Are you sure you tabulate this right? <sighs> I fucking hated it. I fucking hated it. Infuriated me. Look, this is this. Look, you remember earlier you were talking about um in the year you were talking about like you know when they put the belt on evil you're like man Gato Gato might be washed you don't know when this shit can happen it can be anytime yeah. when this shit happened I was like you know what fuck Gato Rich Wright get his ass out of here <laughs> I'm tired of this yeah it's man losing the Yano of all people uh, this isn't the first time he lost the Yano he, he he lost the Yano I believe in 2015 the New Japan Cup first round. If I'm not mistaken, look, did like a summer feud with him. It was weird, but very um, weird. Yeah, don't if it, it ain't again. Tanahashi, I don't really like anybody in the B block to win. You just like I just imagine it's not going to be Naito. So then it's like, all right, who are you choosing? Sonata, Sonata, Evil. See, the thing is, like, I don't think they would go with it. Maybe it's Kenta. I don't know. But then Kenta lost the juice. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's weird. It could be Kenta. It could be Kenta, but it's like. Uh, they have is, Russell Will Ospreay. There's clearly, like, it's almost like he clearly has something to prove in the G1 and then he's laid it down since. Mm-hmm. Before I take that back, until the Tokyo Dome match with Goto and then he's laid it down since. Because that match with Naito immediately after at uh, New Beginning, right? Was that New Beginning? Yes. Yeah. Like, mm. Fuck Sounds it. Up. Hiroki Goto. Fuck it. You know, Naito wanted to get Rumble? slick. Yeah. He was in the G1 Finals in 2016. He's won the G1 before. What year? 2008, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, shit, that was so long ago. You Maybe really 2010 as well. He may have won the G1 twice. All right, okay. Like, you know, I don't, you know, anything before 2015. Yeah. Cool. I never saw it. I'm not, I'm probably not going to go see it. But, you know. You no, know, Naito cool. was trying to sell out and say Goto's just a guy. Well, unfortunately, Naito, everybody can't just lose their way to the Tokyo Dome yeah, like you. Yeah, you know. Another one. The rich, the rich uh, stories stories they're telling with Gato right now, right? A bitch lose every yeah. important match for a whole year, and then he still gets. He, did they ever explain what did he do? Like you know, you listen to uh, keeping it strong style on a weekly Bro, basis. Nothing. They like, they, they, they never did nothing. Explain. They just gave him a shot just cause. Bro, he beat Taichi at like power struggle, and then like all of a sudden, all those guys are in the ring together, and it was like. Well, it, Tai Chi was the barrier. Like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know, man. Like, I still think the way that shit played out was whack. I obviously drew right, and it was a Tokyo Dome. It was going right. to draw anyway. But, but it didn't draw I don't because know. it's a good story. They drew because it's the four people, or really the three people plus right. uh, the plus uh, Jay White. But it's like, yeah, man, like. You could have done. You, you did a disservice to Naito getting in. Like you, that like if if we had. If that had been WWE that had done that for some type of double title four person tournament, and and that was a, and the and the person that ultimately was going to win it got in that way, we would have we would have gave them the business. You would have yeah. gave them the business, and granted, like we gave them the business back then too. But like, it wasn't like it was a lot of us. Yeah, yeah. 
Right. A lot of people that's watching these pages mm-hmm. like, it's it's fine. It's fine. I'm like, uh well, nah, bro, this makes no sense. Or this is big cracks. Like, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, fuck Gato. Anyway, anything else you want to say about New Japan? Um I, so this is the week where if you're gonna fall off during the G one, this is it right mm-hmm. here. It starts getting tougher. Um, the the stay. They go to Corican this or is Corican this weekend? I would think it's on the weekend. This weekend, I would okay. think. Yeah, but um, I've got three matches to watch from yesterday's show, and I'll I'll be caught up. So yeah, um, after after yeah after the show, well, it's now eleven eighteen, so I'll probably watch it tomorrow. But I'll I'll catch up. I'll definitely catch up. Um. Cause you know I'm not doing four. I'm not doing four episodes of that shit anymore. And like nothing is like that might be another reason why like I'm not that crazy about the the uh, the Wednesday shows that we saw this week because I caught them today or you know like, bro match, I I like, really ain't got that much on AEW and it, it, I didn't like the show. Uh, the wrestling I was thought, bad, not bad, but yeah. like it was just mid. All of it was mid. There was not one exceptional match. It was not even a match I would even consider. I wouldn't even like recommend to saying like, yeah, here's a three star match for you. I thought all oh, that shit was just there. I, I like Kingston and Moxley, but they hit each other. Yeah. Um, I thought the main, uh, the opener. Well, I'll go through this uh, real quick. Oh my quick god, here. the opener sucked. Yeah. Oh my god. And I don't even know if I can even put that on Miro because it's like. Janella and Sabian and Sunny Kiss would all fucking stuff up. Are looking sloppy, everything um, all over the place. I think I think uh, I heard that uh, Miro had got hurt at a certain point in the match too. Yeah, he um, it was like he came down. I don't know if this was a work or if it was actually supposed to be there. Him and Kip Sabian, he um, Kip Sabian did this thing where he was going to elevate over Miro to the outside of the ring, like get flipped essentially mm-hmm. into Joey Janela, but like he doesn't actually flip. He just like falls on his head towards Joey Janela. Like, oh, are you talking was, about like when he uh, when they went over the barricade on the concrete? Yes, yes. Yep. I thought he landed on his head too. Um, should have got a crash uh, pad and retaped it. Before I go all the way into it, though, I do want you to get my NXT joke. What? No. What, what did you say? I said he should. I said they should have put a. He should have landed on a crash pad and they should have retaped it. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, AW Late Night Dynamite was actually way better than the real show. Um, uh, Scorpio right? Sky, yeah, Scorpio Sky and Ben Carter, very good match, super work, and that, um, hopefully Ben Carter can sign. Not looking good, we'll see. Um, why do you say not looking good? What happened? So, the, the story on Ben Carter is apparently, you know, he was trained by Seth Rollins, um, and there's uh, he's one of the guys that has always seen WWE is where he wanted to be, kind of like a Jake Atlas type, or like a so, Seth Rollins, yeah, or a Seth Rollins type. And he has a lot of loyalty to Seth Rollins, apparently. So I think AEW's putting the full court press on him. Him being on that show was no accident. Um, like they're trying to get him, they could still get him, but um, we'll see. Uh, I don't know why a 22-year-old wrestler would want to go into WWE right now. Like, there's just no, to me, like, you're not going to be doing anything for a couple years. But, hey, everyone. 20, how old is he? He's 22. 
at 22 years old and you say that I don't know what he's going to do a couple of years, you you mean you mean half a decade, right? <laughs> right. You don't, you don't actually mean a couple of years. He's not going to show up on the main <laughs> roster 20 fucking four. What is he, six foot four? No. Oh, well, then like, hell he, no. he, He's like five nine, maybe. Oh, um, yeah. He's definitely not going to be getting the call, no call yeah. up in the next two years if he signs right now. Hell no. But uh, all these people have their own, you know, journeys, and everyone can't sign to, you know, as much as I'd like them to get Ben Carter if he doesn't sign. Hey, uh-huh. man makes his own choice. It's yeah. on him. But um, he also had another match on Dark the same day. Of course, you know, the okay. tapings I mean, came out. Him and Lee Johnson, that was better than the Scorpio Sky match. Really? Uh, Yes, I, I would highly recommend uh, anyone check that out. If you like fast-paced, quick wrestling from two young guys, I would love to see uh, Scorpio Sky and Lee Johnson fight each other for the next five years. But uh, <laughs> So, Lee Johnson was, he was a part of the MJF campaign, right? Yeah. Okay, okay. You think they're going to have a match in, you know, because he was kind of bullying uh, Lee Johnson during the shit backstage. Like, do you think they ever have a TV match where they put him on there and they, you know, they just beat him? Have MJF beat him? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Um, Brandy Rose and Anna Jay. Best Brandy Rose match you've ever seen in your life. Anna, this was a, this match was awesome, actually. <laughs> um, you didn't really expect much. But much in the way that Oscar and Zelina Vega, it just worked out right. This one actually was way better than that because for being a inexperienced wrestler, Anna Jay is very poised. She knows where to be in the ring, and she seems like a ring general far beyond her years. Um, best Brandy Rose match I've ever seen. It had no business being as good as it was. Um, main event uh, was Matt Seidel and Sean Spears. This was all right as well. Seidel kind of got to redeem himself uh, before eventually losing the Spears. Um, but as far as the regular show, uh, that tag match was a disaster. They need to rethink Miro's entire presentation uh, from these uh, first three weeks. I think that he doesn't know who he wants to be right now, and I don't know if anybody's thinking of ideas for him because this is AEW. There's no writers. The wrestlers get a lot of control on how they want to present themselves. To me, I I can understand you want to be fun-loving. You're a gamer. You're all this other stuff, but something's not clicking. I I see the the physique. I see, like, you know, you're clearly in shape. He's like, in you didn't great show shape. Up. He's in the best shape I've ever seen him. Right. It's not like you showed up and you're out of shape and, like, not looking like you're – uh, getting it. So I think everyone just needs to, um, much in the way, uh, like other things, AEW that haven't like gotten off to a good start. The brain trust needs to get in there with the wrestler, figure it out, just take it a show at a time, and then eventually he'll be back right. But right now, I think mm-hmm. they've for three weeks they've wasted everyone's time. Okay, now. Going back to the Kip Sabian pairing with Penelope and, and Miro. Okay. Can I put this on my list of things I never want to see again for the rest of my life? <laughs> I never want to see Joy Janela, Kip Sabian, and Penelope Ford in any promo angle or anything involving television ever again. When he cut that promo, that that um that 
pre-match promo that was uh, aired during the entrances, I was like, this again? I thought that we all agreed that this was fucking awful and we and y'all killed it dead. Why are you bringing it back up? Yeah, and then the match yeah. stunk when it's like, we, this shit is just snake bitten. Abort. Never go to it again. Stay away. Far away. I never want to see them involved with each other doing anything of the sort ever again in, in on screen for professional wrestling ever again. Uh, they would be friends and it. Twitch buddies or whatever else, or have some Twitch rivalry or whatever else. Cool, have them duke it out over fucking Fall Guys or 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 COD or whatever video game they playing. Far as AEW Television or Impact Television or New Japan Strong or W or NXT or Raw or SmackDown or Two Five Live. Fuck off. Or, or even Game Changer. Don't you put it on his own damn show that he's even funk paying yeah. for himself. I don't want to see it. Yeah. Um, this was, this sucked. Uh, it went forever. Um, <laughs> I was looking at my watch. I was like, huh? Um, but after that, we got, uh, Eddie Kingston. He cut a promo on Moxley. Uh, told Moxley he sold out and became a sports entertainer. Sold his soul to the devil. Yeah. Um, Call it the devil now, Jesus. Uh, so <laughs> you saw Ryback right right also uh, said that the world be better place if if uh, Vincent Man died. It's like, yes. bro, you just did this with Meltzer, and you had to edit it. Like you thought you didn't learn this lesson. You just did yeah. this a couple weeks ago. You gotta stop this, man. Stop like, saying the world be uh, unless his name is Adolf Hitler. Stop saying the word or some type of curi- serial murderer or, or rapist. Stop saying that somebody will be a, the world be a better place if so and so. You know, stop. Um. So th- they brought Kenny out. He joined commentary for uh, Hangman Page versus Evil Uno. Clown again oh during the God. match. Uh, Okay, I put ahead. Evil Uno in a body bag. Yes, <laughs> like, yes. bro, he's like, it's not just to cover up his hideous physique. Yeah, like that was off the rip because that was off the top of the dome too. Because Jr. brought stupidly brought up, he's like, yeah, you know they're chopping right now, but the chops aren't as effective on Evil Uno because he's wearing the, the 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 top, and then. Kenny on key says, yeah, it's not just to cover up the chops, it's also to hide the hideous physique. I was like, God <laughs> damn. And then, okay, so I watched this just, you know, a couple hours, a few hours ago, and like, I had the, the, um, the, 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 the international copy, so I had no, uh-huh. I, I had no, I watched the commercial breaks. Like, bro, okay. this, like, I imagine this show is much better without commercial break or with, with, with commercial breaks where you don't have to use, like, t- get away from Washington and go back. Like, these matches stunk. Like, going back, yeah. even going through commercial breaks, they were worse than actually what you got on TV. Anyway, at some point, Kenny said, I'm a body guy. I'm a physique guy on commentary. I fucking howled because it's like, <laughs> you know, one, it, you know, Kenny, think of who he hangs out with that aren't body guys, right? It it is just like that's funny. Like he's like he's low key like ripping his homeboys. That's that shit was funny to me. Yeah, um, the match was the match. Like it was like a this was nowhere near as good as Paige and Frankie, but um, no, not close. Or Paige uh, and it was, or any of the or any of the uh, Hangman and Pack matches. Yeah, not close. This was just you know kind of there. Um, 
Page got the win after that. Shivani interviewed Matt Jackson backstage. Well, well hold on. Um, One thing to note is that like the uh, the numbers in Dark Order were basically all on the ramp watching the match throughout, and or for, for the first half. And Kenny did mention that like if they were to get involved, he would actually get, take the headset off and, and you know and keep try to and fight with Hangman or whatever else. So like. What a it's good a, guy! It's a warmer. It's not. It's not like. It's not just completely. I've written this dude off forever. It's just like, nah, bro. Like the, the, the as far as being tag team, we're done. But like, I wish you the best. But like, I, I'm not going there with you. That's that's where they're at now. Last week, I thought it was like fuck to do forever. Yeah. Um. So we'll see where it goes. Um. So uh, then Shivani interviewed Matt Jackson backstage. Uh, he said the fans may have noticed that him and Nick been acting out of character, and then all of a sudden he broke Tony Shivani's phone and then threw some money at him or, his, or put some money in his pocket. I don't know what's up with the Bucks lately, but you know these are the the Dick Bucks apparently. So they're insincere baby faces. Yeah. Um, then we got Brody Lee and Orange Cassidy for the TNT title. This stunk. Um, so this they is, did all that with Orange Cassidy and then gave him to Brody Lee. Yeah. On a platter to do a clean job on TV to build up the return. Outside of the first Jericho match, I think the biggest loser of the pandemic era has been Orange Cassidy. Um, Not Hangman? Who was getting superstar reactions when this shit started? Hangman can still have matches that are decent or even quality or even good as we've seen um, over time in the pan- in the pandemic era. Orange Cassidy doing his match to where he does the goofy comedy, he gets his ass whooped, People root for him to overcome the cut. The heel gets cocky, and then he and then he catches him slipping, and then the match goes from there. It's it just it is struggling without the crowd's reaction to all the stuff he does in goofy comedy matches, as opposed to you know if he was doing a regular match. Like I thought his match that he did that was pretty much a straightforward normal match either last week or the week before, two weeks ago, two episodes ago. Whatever mm-hmm. else, I forgot who that was against. I think you pretty much beat him quickly. Uh, and Helico. Yeah, like that match was better, was more effective than this. This match is like he's he's goofing around. There's antics with Dark Order. Uh, later in the show, we see best friends. So where the fuck were best friends to to have his back? It was it was just it was just not a good match. And then like once you see best friends show up later in the matches, like and also his friends didn't even give a fuck when he have his back during the title match. Yeah, and then after the longest entrance of all time. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I was gonna say We're the not, lights go out. We are not going to skip past this one part. There is one redeeming thing in this match. At one point, Brody has the advantage and Orange Cassidy's laid out. He then tells John Silver, who is holding the belt, show him the belt. 
He climbs to the silver, climbs to the apron, faces the fans, and shows them the belt. They show a tight shot of of silver. All of a sudden, into this tight frame comes Brody Lee, and he shoves this small fucker, this small buff motherfucker, off the off the cliff to his doom. I thought that this was the the meanest, funniest, dickish move I had saw all weekend wrestling. I fucking howled at at the way he's abusing this little fucker. Bro, the day they fight, oh my god, it's gonna be great. It's like, bro, show him the title. Go to hell! Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Um, but yeah, getting back to uh, after at, at the end, uh. Brody does win. Um, yeah. and then the lights go out. Then the lights go out, and then a choir music starts, and then some more choir music plays, and then some more choir music plays, and then the lights, you know, uh, the video starts, and then you start hearing the music. It's still dark. They blow off more pyro than they've ever blown off in the history of the show, and then Cody comes out wearing all black with a bad dye job where you see the brown on the side still. And he comes out there and he wants to run it. He's back. Why did he dye his hair black when he has brown hair? I don't get it. I didn't understand it. Like, did Cody think that like we forgot what his hair color actually is? Maybe he's trying to get back to brown. How do you get back to brown by dying your hair black? Maybe the black will just fade out and then it'll just be more natural. He look, look, for a person that's only 30, what was he, 34, 35, mid-30s? Yeah. For a person that's mid-30s, he look, he look ridiculous. Like, I'm looking at his hair and I'm like, bro, this, like, this is like a Kevin Nash job. <laughs> he like he had to just, he looked like he had the, he looked like he had the, the Kevin Nash, the Bobby Fish, he like had to just for men in his shit. And I was like, "What is going on? What what's happening right now?" Um, like as Bro, far as he... the choir, like I don't know. The only person that seemed to have really remembered like what the what that that throwing music or you know that he normally used to have like mm-hmm. was was Shivani. I was like, "That's clearly Cody's the choir when his when he you know comes from the beginning for his music actually plays like." And they were sitting there forever, and they're like, oh, I don't know what this is. I don't know what this is. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's Cody's choir shit. What are y'all talking right. about? Right. It's weird. It's really weird. I was like, why didn't he just run out there? Of course, he had to do his entire entrance. Well, like, he was Rhea Ripley. I'm like, show, yeah. I don't think he was out there to save Orange Cast as much as it was just to come back and upstage uh, Brody. Um, yeah, I mean, whatever. He, he ended up being the shadow of Alan Angels. He put him in a figure four, or actually posted his knee twice and then put him in a figure four. Very aggressive um, tactics from Cody. So, um, then approach on. Then the 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 best thing on the show happened after that. We came back from commercial and Brody Lee was standing there with a mic. No, he, he took a mic from somebody. He ended up like, give me that. Yeah, like, they were going to interview somebody from Dark Order. Anna J walks off. And ha- Anna J grabbed the mic. And handed it to Brody. And then Brody was, you know, looked in the camera and then basically called Cody all sorts of names. 
Yes. Uh, he said, what kind of a man was Cody for sending his wife and his brother to come do his dirty work while he was actually doing the work? Uh, and he was in a bubble somewhere. So what kind of man uh, is Cody that his wife uh, was posting thirst traps and calling Brody Lee daddy? I had uh, no idea what he was talking about. I was like, wait, what? Yep. Um, he pulled out a dog collar then and challenged Cody to a dog collar match. And he gave Cody a week to respond. And James, you already know what I'm thinking. Cody Rose may be tempted to bleed out. Uh, and he's running through another gimmick. I love this promo until that man grabbed that collar and I was like, no. Same. Damn it. I don't want to watch a fucking dog collar match 2020. Leave that shit in the 80s where it belongs. Who the fuck is going to like this match except for Cody and Brody and Tony Khan and Josh Smith? <laughs> Leave that 80s shit in the 80s, bro. I don't want to see that shit, bro. Let, have a match. Have a return match. Why can't Cody just have a return match? How many times have you seen babyface get their ass whooped by a heel and then they come back and have a competitive match and the story is, look at him overcome the ass whooping he got before. Look at him. Look at the heart he has to, to, or to fight his fears and, and no, no, dog collar match. Fuck. I don't want to watch them fucking. Oh my god. They this can't... man's going to bleed out. Bro. Double the reason juice. why Brody Lee is a great worker is because for his size, he can do things that big men are often told not to do, right? So what you're going to do is confine him to in a, they're going to chain him so where he cannot move around and show that his size and athleticism. That is, that's that is point. literally de-emphasizing his, his strengths and, and probably exposing weaknesses. That's dumb. Go, go ahead, man. Cody. And, and you're gonna pay, oh, well, he's gonna bleed. Great. Fantastic. God damn it. All so, right. like, the hair will be red now. Like. Great. <laughs> Great. 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 Yeah. Um, I saw the dog collar and I was like, here we go. And it's amazing that. You always hear, like, Cody's doing the best stuff in the company. You know, like, he's, you know, the, the booking mind and all this other stuff. I'm like, I don't really know what the proof of this is. For one, it seems like a lot of just, you know, all the great, like, the trope gimmicks that you do. Like, okay, I'm going to get whooped. It takes heart to do that. Um, I'm gonna do the big cage match. I'm gonna have my brother here, the the wife, the, the interference lab. Talked about this stuff over and over again. He's mm-hmm. going through all the old gimmicks, like like Dusty did, like going through all these gimmicks, and it's just like eventually, I think eventually he's gonna, you know, luckily he's an executive here, so he's always gonna be pushed to a certain extent. But mm-hmm. I think people are gonna get tired of this shit. Like, it's exhausting. And and. To me, it comes back to, it's kind of unrelated, but how fresh Kenny Omega will remain and is right now going into singles. And he's not wasted a year of himself uh, doing all this stuff. And the second he steps in, but Cody just, there's, it's not even like, hey, you're doing too much. It's like, bro, we done blown past that, past doing too much. We like on the other side, like the second win is coming. Think of it this way. Think of how fast this shit's going, right? You mentioned all the stuff with all the betrayals he's had, all the angles that are done with family members, um, all the bleeding he's done in matches. Think of every, think of all the people that went with the U.S. 
uh, not the U.S. Uh, with the TNT title match, all the all the matches he's had with people already um, that are younger that should be up and coming that should be you know mid card, upper mid card, maybe potentially uh, main eventers in the future. Like he's already been there and done that, and we're not even at a year um, of TV yet. We're we're we're, up, we're close to a year. We're at like fifty episodes or fifty one episodes, some shit like that. And the thing is, I'm just like. You mentioned it, right? Like, Kenny's fresher was like, yeah, he's also fresher because, like, he can just have a regular fucking match and not have to do all of this to try to keep up. Like, in this one we talk about with Cody, is like, Cody has to put all this extra shit because he, he realized he has these shortcomings or whatever else as far as, or his idea for wrestling is just different. It's like, that's cool, bro. But you're also like, what are you going to, what is your plan three years from now once you burn, once you've done all this shit and there's nothing left now? You're gonna do the second. You're gonna do the second cage match, the third cage match, the fourth dog collar match. Eventually, we're gonna get burned out by this shit. And yep. like, I remember we're calling v- it now. By the way, I remember yeah. Super Vivi months ago when he was on the show. He was like, he is burning through a lot of shit. And Super Vivi was right. Yeah, looking back on it, he was right. He is burning through a lot of shit right now. And like now they have to go to a match with like the only fucking dog collar matches. Like remember it was one Hammer Valentine and, and Rot and Piper, and it's like, bro, and dog that was like Starcade one, right? Like- <laughs> and like it's, I mean I can't look. I, I'm sure Josh is gonna yell at me about how great and, and how awesome this match was, but like the only time, the only thing I ever heard people talk about that match is that like a motherfucker uh, bled out of his ear because of a ruptured eardrum, and it's mm-hmm. like, but what about the work? Oh, so we'll see what they do. But like, I do not like the idea of Brody Lee is not allowed to jump and run around. That sounds dumb to me. A big guy running, a big guy that has made his his money running and hitting will not be will be confined to not run or hit or dive. It's just yeah, it's, yeah, it's a bad I, idea. It's a bad idea. If, if they want to pick any other eighties uh, um, cosplay ass uh, gimmick to pull out. Go for it, but don't do that and then like you know, cut off the dude's ability. Like yeah, this is what um, we're complaining about with um Keith Lee on the main roster. Mm-hmm. You don't do dives and shit or whatever else or run around anymore. And they're doing it to Brody right now for this one match yeah. at least. So I don't know when that's going to be, but uh, we'll see. Maybe it's a pay per view match. You think they'll wait long that long? way away. That's a long way, um, yeah. Yeah. That's like a month and a half away. Yeah. You know, Cody stuff normally gets rolled out super early for the pay-per-view. <sighs> you know. Yeah. You know what? He's probably going to fight all of the Dark Order to get to it in a similar fashion to how um, we knew what we were going to get with um, Jericho and Moxley. You just, he had to go through the Dark Order as for TV. And like, honestly... As a TV build, that's not bad. That's actually pretty good. Um, so if Have they want to hold fight for Silver that, one week, he can fight right. Alan Angels. He can do a tag match, like have have him pull somebody out and be like, yeah, uh, do like a six man match. He can no, um, not even that. He can take on the Beaver Boys with uh, with um. He can take on the Beaver Boys with uh, uh what's his name, QT Marshall, and then he can take yeah. on like the Dark Order, like uh, Uno and and. Uh, what well, uh, Grayson and Grayson like with uh with his with his brother Dustin right and then like eventually <laughs> like you get to that match for the rematch there 
in earlier mid-November on pay-per-view. Like that would that would make sense to me, but it's like they 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 showed that dog collar and we're like six weeks away. I don't think they're going to hold it off for six weeks. I just don't. Yeah, um, we'll I see. Hope, I, yeah, like, <laughs> I, I, I will hope they wouldn't blow through this that fast. Because yeah. like. You know, um, you know, he's dark hair, whatever else. It could be a term, but like, it'd be a better term if he's back and he's showing aggressive tendencies and he's getting his quote unquote vengeance on Dark Order. And then it's like you get close to it, and it's like maybe you know this loss has altered him. He's acting crazy. He's he's wearing all black. His hair is black. This might be on some you know Venom uh, Peter Parker shit where like the Dark Order has has poisoned this man's mind. He's acting evil now, (laughs) and he's gonna have to come to a decision. Come the dog collar match, like that's how I would play it out. Even though it's a match I don't want to see, but like you you gonna go straight to you gonna go straight to the rematch without going to pay per view and just what happens after that. He gets the belt back. <laughs> and then he beats everybody. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Uh, then Matt Hardy and Private Party came out. Um, Private Party would imagine uh, jumpsuits. Matt Hardy said he was attacked from behind last week. He used a lot of words, basically. Um, and said someone with a mask attacked him with a pipe or bat. And noted Jericho uh, was there after he was laid out. Then the uh, inner circle came out with Jericho. No, 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 no. He laid out an elaborate whodunit, Rich. We're not going to skip past that. That was a whodunit ankle he put out there. It could have been Jericho because of the baseball bat. It felt like I got hit with something metal, so it may have been that baseball bat because I saw Jericho. Uh, he said he also had crosswords with Brody Lee. He also had crosswords with MJF. I think he said he had crosswords with somebody else. Can't remember. And he, but he, and the person was wearing a mask. So this could be some new hill faction. This could be somebody that. This is probably this could be somebody that is going to be debuted that that it was that we don't even know it was yet. We we mm-hmm. don't know, but it's a who done it. I think it's the first <laughs> AEW who done it. Huh? I have I to think, think about is. that. I think so. I have to think about that. Um. So uh, Jericho and the Inner Circle came out, and then they brought Sammy Guevara back, and then you get that moment of Hardy <laughs> and Sammy Guevara back on screen. Jericho, Jericho said. I hate you. Yes. You, you took out Guevara. I don't. You you took him out the business. I think he said someone was. You took him out of AEW. You took him out of business. I don't know when he's gonna be back. Except I know he's he's coming. He's back right Tonight. now, bro. I fucking howled. I was like, you fucking ham, you gimmick. He was like, he put on so so thick. Like he's gonna come back. He's not. I don't know. He's come back. He's like, he he's here now. It's like. Why do you waste my time with this foolish Jericho? So uh, Matt Hardy then uh, he challenged the whole inner circle, and then Quentin Cassidy was like, "Hey man, calm that shit down." And then they they began to talk, and hey, at least look, these boys got to do some promos eventually. I didn't think they were bad. I just thought I didn't think they were bad. They They weren't. I I thought I thought Cassidy was was better than Quinn here. But um, these are young guys. They're 22 years old. They got to learn to talk on national television, and it's um, their real first promo that they've got to cut. I think so. Hopefully, they can um, continue to get those reps because there's nowhere else for them to learn but national television. Yeah, at it, this point, yeah, so. it felt like Jericho um, fingerprints were all over their dialogue. Um, 
like when Isaiah Cassie says to Jericho, you know, what are you going to do when I beat you? Like, yeah, it's like that's yep. that's I've heard Jericho use that yep. one a million I'm, times. Like that's a, that is a Jericho yeah. line right there. I don't yep. know how, how much of it was, but like that is that that is a Jericho go to. So, right, um, it's a match of your life, you know, yeah. shit like that. But, but what happens if you lose? Right. Nothing. Like the business continues. Like, (laughs) yeah. Like I like. I will Uh, say I did like when um Matt Hardy called uh, Jericho an asshole. He's like you know man of many names. He's also an asshole. I thought he was gonna call him an ass ass milk or ass or ass clown. That was what he used to call himself. Ass clown. I thought he was gonna call mm -hmm. him ass clown, but he's called an asshole. And then um, Shivani and Ross were like. Is that gonna end up on a shirt on www.aewshop.com? I, I was like, I thought like if they put out the asshole Chris Jericho shirts, they probably would sell. Probably, um, Cassie said he's gonna make Jericho his lay champion, bitch. Whatever that is. Um, so they've got a match next week. So <clears throat> then the snoozers came out. Excuse me, uh, FTR was out here uh, with Tully. And Tully started cutting a promo, and but Tully like forgets what he's saying halfway through. <laughs> That's cool though. Do you see Bald staring at Tully though? I I I didn't. I'm telling uh, you, bro, every time there's a Tully promo, watch Bald. Bald stares at that man with the love that I'm that I'm that a lot of wives and a lot of husbands uh, do not feel from their spouses. I'm telling you, I'm telling so, you. T- Tully said that the tag team matches are normally six minute time limits, but they're going to have a 20 minute time limit on their matches. Uh, and he and FTR get to pick the opponents. Their brandness is the weekly brush with greatness. If they then go to a draw with somebody, FTR rule the winners. I don't know. I think this would be more effective if it was 10 minutes. Um, I don't like 20 minutes is a long time in television time, especially bell to bell. Well, I don't think, I don't think they're going to be wrestling too many people 20 minutes anyway. Hmm. Um, and like, isn't it, isn't the normal AEW dynamite match a 20 minute time limit anyway? I believe it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's fine. It didn't really bother me. The only thing that I didn't really quite get is, what is supposed to be the heat for if the, if they go to a tie is still a win because like I don't care like it doesn't really factor into um, wins and losses when you already are the champion like what are they jockeying for with that like is mm-hmm. it the is it supposed to be like well since it's a tie it's a win and then you get the winner's purse because like you're just- supposed to just get us pissed that they're winning matches but not actually beating anybody. <sighs> I would think that's the idea of the work. Right, but like also, but it goes back to the thing like, they're probably going to do one or two draws over this entire title reign. Like, unless, they, unless they're the champion for like a whole year, they're probably going to do two or maybe one or two draws over this entire title run. So like, what are we talking about here? Yeah. Um, um, the no, best no. friends then came out. It's cool. I want to see I, them wrestle. I want to see them wrestle the whole team because like, honestly, like, you know, aside from that pay-per-view match like i like their matches so it's fine best friends came out and i gotta admit they were a little bit more over for me than they have been after that parking lot match i was excited to see them out here it felt like bigger 
Um, and they acted like they wanted to, FDR acted like they wanted to run it. Uh, best friend said, Hey, uh, you got your red panties on. Let's run it. Uh, we thought we were about to get the impromptu match, but no, they rolled out of the ring. None of that shit. And they said, uh, you know, take a couple weeks and heal up and maybe call Tully and we'll set something up. Then we've got Thunder Rosa and Hikaru Shida against Evil Leaves and Diamante. This was there. Um, nothing really notable here. Shida and Rosa got the win. They um, hit, they did a, it's one of those matches where like, um, when people, this is a match for people that say that like, this person or matches these days, all of this is dangerous or hard hitting, but like the wrestling's not really there. Like, this is like one of the few exceptions when people actually call matches great. Uh, I'm sorry, this is one of the matches where it's like, nah, that ain't true because um, this match was hard hitting and all that, and no one really liked it. So, <laughs> like, I don't want to hear that shit about, like, you know, when people talk about, uh, uh, you know, like, Nick Aldis, like, all, you know, they just they just hit each other hard. You're on fetishizing hyper-violence. It's like, nah, bro, that match was hella violent. One good. Yeah. Um, sometimes the sometimes it's the wrestling matches wasn't good because the wrestling match was good. That's that's kind of how it goes, bro. You know, it's allowed. Um, <laughs> it's allowed to not be good because of the wrestling. Uh, so she'd have pinned Diamante. Uh, after that, Dasha was backstage with Jericho. He said, uh, "Cassie is going to actually this is the best one of the best things on the show. Uh, Cassie is going to be a big star one day, but not next week." Uh, he said, "Next week he's going down when he faces Le Champion." Then MJF came out there. And they did their uh, mutual appreciation uh, for each other until they uh, then say, why'd you call me a loser at the same time? And they both made up comical lies with great comedic timing and uh, both lied uh, to each other several times, but displayed their on-camera chemistry any time that Jericho and MJF have gotten together from the start of the promotion. It's been awesome. Yep. Um... This is they're three for three now, right? I think it's three, yeah. three times. Yeah, three for three. Like and they screw after uh, MJF screwed Cody after the last pay per view, and right here, like that's got to be where they're heading for the next pay per view. Uh, interesting. Um, so they announced Jericho and Cassidy next week. Britt Baker returns to action. Glad to see uh, Britt back. Ricky Starks and Darby Allen is next week. About time. Uh, FTR and SCU and a John Moxley appearance were advertised for next week's Dynamite. Uh, if it looks kind of light there, uh, I'd be remiss to mention there was a an outbreak uh, between you know the companies last week. Um, I w- will not divulge all the information that I'm aware of, but uh, wrestlers be hanging out. Apparently, that's what you know the story is. Mixing, and, yeah, mixing. <laughs> Wrestlers be mixing with each other, you know, and both locker rooms got hit, uh, you know. So if it looks like a light show, yeah, there's probably a reason for it. So if there's people missing that, that you like, oh, why wasn't such and such here? Huh? Maybe you know. <laughs> um, then then they also announce a 30 years of Jericho celebration for uh, for October 7th Dynamite. This should be like, you know, how many cool things they could do with this. Like, can you get, like, like, I wish 
like they could get like Ultimo Dragon here. <laughs> uh, Dean Malenko already works for AEW, so like have Malenko like you know and Jericho have a have a moment together. Um, hell, like it, it's it's hard with Jericho because a lot of his you know the people that he was tied to. Yeah, they're in WWE or they're under Legends contracts or WWE or um, stuff like that. So I think you know, think outside the box. Like, can you get Gato and Jato like to to send like a hello to him or something? Like, you know, will the Rock? How about the Rock? Can he send something for Jericho or uh, John Cena or the something? Rock said that he was sending something for I think it was who was Shamrock? It? Yeah, Shamrock uh, for Impact, right? So yeah. Um, if you could send some shit for Ken Shamrock for, for Impact, I mean, I'd imagine he could send it for Jericho. Obviously, it'd be more, it would piss off WWE a lot more politically if it's, uh, a, for AEW, obviously, uh, cause there ain't right. nobody watching Impact except for, like, you know, Caleb and, and Josh too. So, but, uh, but yeah, um, and, and also Sandy. So, but yeah, I, Maybe we'll see. You know, you know, rock in the middle of piss people. Rock, rock in the middle of piss oh, yeah. a lot of them off right now. So maybe, maybe he's up for it. We'll see. What, what you think about that? I, I was like kind of shocked because I'm like, damn. Like you know how like you know how fucked up uh, Trunk by to be to make the Rock pick a slide. Well, it didn't surprise me because the Rock cut or had this video promo weeks ago when the COVID shit had started broken out, and he was like, "Where is our leader right now?" Right. Um, so mm-hmm. that was already happening. So for him to then, you know, it's more like, that's more like a follow up. Like he went, what I'm saying is him being, you know, endorsing Biden Harris, um, it's only surprise for me for the fact that like he actually hopped into politics and weren't like he showing that he's going to do some campaign for himself. Um, but as far as him like being off the Trump shit, we we kind of already knew that as much as he was ever going to tell us, um, yeah. But I gotta tell you, Twitter. <laughs> I didn't see they were it. on. They were I, upset. I saw some of the tweets and I was like, "Oh, y'all y'all didn't know." <laughs> y'all, y'all, thought, y'all thought he was being like. It's the thing when it comes to you know black entertainers is like. Y'all think that the ones that are apolitical are apolitical because like. You know, they don't want to go, you know, talk about politics in the way that, like, y'all prefer not to talk about politics. It's like, nah, they're trying to get this fucking money. And they realize that, like, y'all, you know, y'all will get uppity if uh, they express how they really feel because y'all don't really care about us. And, you know, Rock knows that. And then Rock brought his his, his beige ass out there and said, you know, this is, he's going to be fine because he's in Hollywood, but like, you know, y'all better check on his Ford in, in, dealer, uh, endorsements. Y'all better check on them endorsements because he was getting a lot of endorsements that were based off their politicalness and based off of, you know, um, hey, that man was out there with, with, with Under Armour with like the flag, like the the team bringing stuff, like yep. rock, like brands of stuff, yep. like in a certain way. Yes, where there's a reason you know, why they love he, the rock. He, he, yes, he's been getting it for right. a long time. Right. Um, so, like, you know, you know, Ben's got to be furious. Oh, Dwayne, um. <laughs> Dwayne, why didn't you call me? Um, I don't know if he'd be furious. I think that um, 
I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know how Vince would feel. I mean, yeah. obviously, you know, the joke is obviously, you know, huge Trump donor. Um, he's, you know, a, <laughs> you know, he's, running, he, he's still able to run his fucking show, uh, his fucking shows in Orlando because he, you know, <laughs> entered, you know, gave uh, all those million dollars to that Trump pack. Um, I don't, I don't know. I really don't. I don't know. Yeah. But back to Jericho, I, I think they can do a, like a lot of cool stuff for his 30 years uh, in the business. He actually is uh, releasing the list of Jericho, which is a thing. If you've read any of Jericho's books, um, he's from the time he's entered the business, he's been keeping like a list of every single match and opponent that he's had, like the date who he wrestled um, and uh, as well as like you know when it was, so he's up to like I think just under like I don't know how many matches at this point, he's but he's gonna be really like two thousand matches. Oh yeah, he's well over that. Yeah, yeah, I think he's just under three thousand matches. So I think he is doing some type of podcast for people that pre-order the book early um, that are going to, and he, the gimmick was like comment a random number between one and whatever that 2000 number was. And then I'll tell a story about that match or whatever. And I'm like this man, like, <clears throat> and I always wondered if he would release that list. And uh, sure enough, Chris Jericho, the ultimate hustler does. So, yeah, uh, looking at the cage match, he's at twenty. He's at damn near twenty four hundred matches. Yeah, yeah. So that should be interesting. Um, it, like, I I wonder what they're going to do because I think they're going to want to knock this shout apart, and it's like they're branding the episode as that. So yeah, and, um, you know, um, in similar fashions to when they had the. Um, the Memphis show, like you know, they'll 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 do it right. I imagine I, I find it hard to believe they would not do this justice, right? Like, you know, old timers when it comes to you know the memories and history of professional wrestling, they're really um, respectful of that. So I think they'll do this well with one of the all time greats. Yeah, you know, Lance Storm. He, you know, Lance got to send a video to right. you know the thrill seekers. Yeah, yeah. You know, look, now, you think is he Jim furloughed or unemployed? Something? Is he furloughed from WWE or unemployed? I don't remember. Furloughed. He's back on uh, FOW now. I know. Okay. Or no, he's unemployed. He's unemployed. Okay, so yeah, he'll send it. He'll send it. He'll send it. Yep. Yeah. Will, will Cornette send anything for Jericho? Um, I <laughs> don't not. think that uh, video request will be sent. Um. <laughs> so no. <laughs> Uh, then after that, we got the AEW World Title match, uh, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Um, I liked this match. I thought it was very physical. I thought Eddie Kingston's chops made John Moxley's chops look like a child's. He chopped the shit out of this man. He suplexed him, uh, and it was just very physical. And then he kind of just caught him uh, at the end. So, uh, and then he got the uh, bulldog choke for like submission win. I kind of like the flash finish as- aspect of it here. And um, the thing is, like you know, Kingston didn't like really tap or anything, but hey, the ref called for the bell. You know what? You, okay, so two things. I like the match. I don't love it. Uh, it his chops. Yeah, I like. I did like. Chops. I did like Kingston's chops. Um, I'm concerned that he is just a brawler and is not actually a 
has anything from a technical standpoint. I wonder. I, I, I don't know this, but like from what I've seen, all that he has is for you is brawling. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fine. Um, it did at points feel like uh, two white guys <laughs> doing strong style. Um, and I, I did like the finish. I do like... <laughs> Uh, this is, I think, the second time Moxie broke out the the bully choke. It was like it's funny because like Moxie's the world champion, but he's out here doing like the um, the Brian Kendrick captain's hook shit <laughs> for finish. But yeah, uh, it's a it's a it's a cool like you know last ditch effort uh, finish that you know will put someone away. So like you know the more he he uses it, it'll be more effective in the future for eventually when someone like survives it, whatever that is. But yeah, right. um, not the man. worst show. Not a not some. I think it's one of the weaker shows in of AEW. But um, yeah, uh, like if there's five levels, this is probably like top of level two, very bottom of level three. I would say. I think it's probably fair. So, anything on uh oh well before we you know speaking of level two level three you know i've got uh oh you know God. always keep keep the the level completely leveled you know when it comes to that's right the manscaping so um you already know what it is uh we are partnered with manscape and that's who's uh uh presenting this here show uh to you guys for a great deal and you'll be able to save 20% off on your order. You'll get free shipping as well uh, with the best and men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best for your grooming experience. And this is the Lawnmower 3.0, so the third level. Uh, as I was mentioning before, I knew I had to work it in uh, some way, but... um trim that junk take care of it you know the like what is it we're going into october so the holidays are coming right around the corner you know and you got to make sure that you know if you given a gift you know you need to go ahead and make sure your gift is properly uh you know taken care of there so uh get 20 percent off free shipping with the code suplex at manscaped.com Have you no yeah. shame? None. Oh boy. Um NXT. I thought NXT had a great main event. Um but pretty much nothing else was uh, everything else was just there as well, but the main event was great. Um first match was the women's battle royal number one contendership match. Um Ooh. They started to ring with blowing people off the street for this one. Oh yeah, uh, Brandi Lauren, who y'all, uh, who y'all mentioned that y'all have um, interacted with, she was in this match, um, mm-hmm. and then there were a few other people that were like from from what I could tell when I looked at their um, at the cage match from like the Florida Indies. Um, one person that, like, recently got signed. Um, 
Yeah. Oh, that was a different Avery. That wasn't like the Avery that did the G- the Grand Prix last year. That was a different Avery. Yeah. That's okay. That's Avery from around here. Gotcha. 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 Okay. Because when I heard the name Avery, I went immediately looked at. It, I was like, no, that's that doesn't look like that Australian woman at all. Uh, so, <laughs> um, yeah. So they basically pulled out. Keep in mind, like last week, they had the graphic in like uh, mediums on it. So is Mercedes. And then you see the match, and I'm looking for them, and, they, and they're not there. Um, nope. Yeah. The, you know, reckoning in uh, retaliation <laughs> are, are, are on Raw they're now. They're, even no longer, they're no longer in the fucking NXT anymore. Sad shit. Um, so, yeah, like, everybody's in the ring, pretty much. Like, the whole entire women's roster, plus uh, jobbers. And then um, out comes Candice LeRae, and then out comes Rhea, uh, and then it's just a standard match where um, battle royal where like everybody is pretty much waiting for uh, Rhea or Raquel to throw them over the top. Mm-hmm. Rhea had this uh, elimination where she basically picks somebody up in like the um, I'm trying to think what position it would be. Basically has them like imagine if you're going to somebody. Uh, I think it's a um, inverted atomic drop. Which one's inverted atomic drop? When they're facing you or when it's uh, back to back or back to fa- or the stomach? When they're facing you, facing you. So okay, so a regular uh, atomic drop position, up high on the shoulder, carries mm-hmm. her over the shoulder like a barrel. And then throws her over the rope, and she, as she's falling, her face grazes the the barricade. <laughs> it it was brutal. I don't know if it was on purpose. I hope this woman is okay. But it also added to the aura of <laughs> Ripley being a badass motherfucker. She threw, she threw this woman and didn't give a fuck where she landed. Um. So eventually, uh. The Giants lock up after throwing like eight women over. And then um Raquel gets Rhea in a elevate or uh, electric chair position, takes her to the ropes, Rhea uh grabs the ropes and you know, head scissors her around that's what they're gonna call it, both of them over the top, and they both get eliminated. And once that happened, they got up and they started and they got up and I was like, they're about to brawl to the back like two giants in a, in a Royal Rumble. They started brawling and then the refs got in and broke it apart. Two thumbs so down. They, they fighting was, like Jim Duggan and and uh, Big John Stud. Bruh, I was so upset that they didn't let, let them just brawl to the back. They split them up and then they walked away on se- the separate sides, <laughs> of the separate exits. I was like, let them brawl to the back. Let them get their big show and Undertaker on. Anyway, um... You end up with uh, the the Kofi Kingston slash Naomi uh, great escapes uh, part of this proceeding came from our Casey Catanzaro. Um, Casey got thrown over the top uh, and she landed on the barricade and hung on the barricade. Uh, actually, that's her second escape. Her first escape was she got thrown over the top and she landed on her back with her feet up and kept her feet up. So That's then, so lame. I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. So then what she decided to do was she rocked herself uh, to a handstand 
and then got her feet onto the apron and then uh clutched her feet onto or grabbed her feet onto the um the bottom rope and then she like did a sit up and then got herself back in. Then that part back. was not lame. Right. <laughs> and then the, the, her second elimination escape was when uh I think it was I forgot who it was. Threw her over the top rope. She or actually it was on the apron. She ended up over the top on the apron, got bumped off and she ended up landing on the barricade and she basically gets up on the barricade and uh uses the the plexiglass that you find out the plexiglass is not stable all the way at the top it actually flops and and sways at the top and it mm-hmm. she's trying to move maneuver to get to the still steps and at times when she gets to the middle of like between like where the wood supports are the shit flops over the top and she's like oh 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 like like this shit can turn into a botched spot at any point in time um she makes it to the Her. She ends up making it to the still steps, and then Andy Hartwell is basically on the back apron, by the, uh, and then basically shoves her off again. Um, so she's there, and then Casey, or sorry, Caden gets eliminated by Casey. So I'm just like, I take it back. I take it back. The second time, she ends up back on top after she tries it, and Andy throws her off. She ends up back in the same situation she was. She got herself out of. She tries it again. This time, she's like, "Well, I can't do that against Andy. Will throw me out." So then Caden ended up um, outside on the apron and then she tries to reach to try to use her to try to like, you know, grab each other and then jump and then basically like slingshot her over to uh, mm-hmm. the apron. And she, while she's trying to help her, her friend, she gets eliminated and then after she just gets up and helps her friend and get, helps Casey get in. And I'm just like, damn, that's what they doing to her. That's what they doing to her. She's just there to help. She's there. She's there for support for her friend, even to even yes. to the detriment of her of her own damn ambitions. Great, great. See how they be doing baby faces in NXT, right? See how they be doing black friends in WWE. <laughs> so, um, support. Right. She'd be the first one, Dan. If this is a horror movie. <laughs> um. So. She lasted a little shortly after that, and then Casey would get thrown out. I think the final four was uh, Shotzi, Dakota, um, it was Shotzi, Dakota, Candice, and I can't remember who else, but the final three was Shotzi, Dakota, and Candice. Um, Shotzi throws out Dakota after Dakota and Candice team up on Shotzi. Um, then um, Shotzi gets uh, Dakota eliminated. Actually, there's a great spot where a uh, great shot when once um Raquel got eliminated, they showed Dakota's face and Dakota was shooketh. Shooketh. She was like, Oh my god. The person that wins all my matches is gone now. I'm about to lose. And sure enough, she was right. Um Dakota I think goes for the corner kick and Shotzi ducks it and throws her over the top. So then it's just uh Candace and, and Shotzi. Uh they both end up outside the ring on the still steps. Uh Candace ends up basically where like her bottom foot is basically like almost about to go about to hit the floor on the bottom step. And then, um, Shotzi makes a move. Candace ends up on like with her back on the, uh, still steps and basically like monkey flips her off the top of the, off, off like the second step to the floor for this bad, nasty bump, but a great finish. Um, 
I mean, it's a, it was an okay battle royal, but like for like, I thought I really liked the finish. They had stories throughout, but like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going crazy for this match. I'm only giving it three stars, but it was fun while it lasted. And the things that matter, it was more story driven. Obviously, it was a long angle. Um, so I'm trying to think what happened after that. Oh, I I remember now. So. We ended up, wow. Um, we ended up getting a post match uh, promo. Um, with uh, or not post match, but after the match, we ended up getting a match. Or after the match, we get a promo from Damian Priest. Uh, Priest talks about uh, how he has Matrick Gargano. He talks about like, I'm going against basically the person that built this 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 promotion or this brand or whatever. Um, and he says that. He's gonna he's gonna beat the dude, and then like after that, he he uh, he said to the interviewer, you know, you you get really good at this. Hopefully, I see you at the at the uh, after show party. That man <laughs> is hitting on all of the all of the female interviewers. He's still doing this. That man so, wants to fuck the interviewers. Yes, a hero. <sighs> I love the gimmick. God. So then we get a backstage skit with like. Kyle O'Reilly, Fandango, no, Roger Strong, Danny Burke, Raul Mendoza, uh, and Fabian Eichner with Fandango dressed as Sherlock Holmes by a whiteboard. And he says he has an algorithm. Sorry? Cop. Yeah. And he says he has an algorithm. Uh, So you see names scattered together. And like they're not their actual names. Like he called Bobby Fish Billy Fish and other stuff. So all of a sudden Regal Regal walks up and he's like, What the hell is going on? And then this nigga Fandango tries to talk to Regal with a fake British accent and, and Regal says, Knock that shit off. <laughs> like you you will not you will not clown on my accent. I refuse. And basically, uh what he said was what it came down to was a uh you the fan or you may or may not know this but like there's a covid situation and people had to sit this out so uh basically like so basically like one half of all those four tag teams between Legado del Fantasma Lorcan and Birch Undisputed Era of Roddy and Fish and um I'm blanking on the on the fourth tag team. Who was oh and um and Bartell and Eichner, um, y'all two two of y'all pair off, and then the winners of this All Star tag match will have your tag partner show up next week, and then y'all will be in a number one contendership match. So it is, um. This reminded me when Booker T was teaming up with Sting to get a title shot for Harlem Heat. <laughs> so, uh, it is Birch and Roddy versus uh, Eichner and Raul Mendoza. Mm-hmm. So, um, after that, we end up getting Tommaso Ciampa versus Atlas. It is very similar to what they did with uh, Champa earlier in the year with 
uh, what's his name? Um, oh my God. All day from Atlanta. Awesome theory. Awesome theory. Awesome theory. And, um, where oh. like, have a first mm-hmm. match, beat the shit out of him, have a return match. It's more competitive, but Ciampa still wins. Um, he, it's a short match. Ultimately, he has, or he, he, Atlas has him reeling until he goes for his finish at, uh, you know, the, um, cartwheel DDT. And as he goes for the cartwheel off the top rope, Ciampa kicks his hand. He crashes to the floor, um, throws him between the ropes and hits him with the, uh, widow, uh, hits him with his, uh, hanging DDT for the win. Mm-hmm. Um, they also, there's also a point in the match where, uh, the first match, uh, Ciampa, after he beat him viciously, basically gave him the catapult underneath the, uh, apron. So his mm-hmm. neck landed on the, uh, like the, 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 uh, support beam, um, that holds up the, the, the ring. They tease that spot where Atlas was going to give it to Ciampa early in the match, at the very beginning of the match. And the ref said, don't do that. I'll DQ you. And I was like, when is that ever, when would that ever be a DQ in a wrestling match where, to, where you catapult somebody into something and it's a, and it's a, into part of the ring and it's a DQ. That has never been a thing ever. Yeah, man, they're making up new rules all the time, man. Right. Yeah. Meanwhile, it's like, oh, and I was thinking, like, remember, when they, remember when they broke out that joint where, yeah, you only have a certain amount of saves in your tag matches. Yeah, that's bullshit. Like, nigga, this ain't the NWA. Right. Oh, so, so am I allowed to jump over the top rope now or no? Or throw somebody <laughs> over the top rope or no? But, anyways, like, for me, it's like, okay, so I'm allowed to, and I always do this with wrestling matches or WWE matches because they always change their mind on what's what, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm allowed to next somebody via cat or I'm, I'm allowed to next somebody in the corner. If I wanted to the corner of the still step, if I wanted to, and that'd, and that'd be cool, but I can't mm-hmm. catapult somebody, uh, neck first to the actual ring. The still steps aren't even part of the ring. I can choke slam somebody or put somebody through a table. That's the announce table. Mm-hmm. But if I pull up a folding table, and set it up and then powerbomb somebody through it. That's illegal. That's dumb. I've always hated that. I've always hated that. New rules. Arbitrary rules. Anyway. Um, we end up getting this uh this Vignette for Rich Holland showed some pictures of him uh being all kinds of ass on the uh I guess it's called the pitch. <laughs> the uh the, the rugby field. Um Talked about how tough he is, and because you know I played real, you know I played a. He said hey, I played the most dangerous sport known to man, or something like that, the most dangerous sport there is. I'm like, fighting is a sport, but my guy, <laughs> whatever, 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 whatever. You play boxing, yeah. Uh, then they showed a video package uh, with the five competitors, like uh, for the gauntlet match. It was funny because they. I don't know if you ever seen any of these uh, Cameron Grimes vignettes when he's like quote unquote like by a river or a Lake Cunny's mm-hmm. promos, but they botched it. Like basically where they're shooting these things are like out back by like some retention pond. <laughs> That's basically what they because <laughs> bro, they did this one shot and you can see like a building in back. I'm like, bro, I'm from Florida. I know what that is. That's a retention pond you buy, bro. That's not no river or creek. <laughs> this ain't the backwoods. They just. <laughs> 
but he did his normal thing. I'm going, you know, They're going on I'm going to the top like of the me. moon, you know, all of that. Uh, they showed Kushida doing kickboxing. They showed, um, I think they showed they sh- Thatcher, they showed Thatcher uh, doing the ca- uh, catch, uh, doing a catch uh, clinic on some poor sap. Um, and and as far as uh, O'Reilly, I oh no, they showed um, Bronson Reed lifting weights, and if uh, for Kyle, I think they were showing him doing jujitsu. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, that was that was the vignette. It was just showing like this is these guys and their elements, and you know they're about to have a great match. So, um, we ended up getting that tag match with all the, the you know the one half of tag teams. Match is okay. They move them at a fast rate, but like. It, Okay, so because of the COVID situation, there were no fans. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had audio tracking. But it's like every time you show a shot, like I can see there's no fans behind the plexiglass. So what are you, why are y'all even playing like booze and cheers? Like <laughs> it'd been better if y'all just went back to no fans, like y'all did before y'all showed, uh, before y'all had uh, you know people beat on the plexiglass. But whatever, plexiglass. So the match was fine. It wasn't nothing to write home about, but it was a, it was a well worked match. It had no emotion in it. Um, I think Burt pinned he pinned Mendoza so then we end up getting uh, Theory getting ready for his match with uh, Damian Priest uh, He he's being a dick to uh, I believe the same interview lady that Priest was hitting on earlier in the show um, Johnny walks up and says hey man um you know, I know you, something about mission. Something about him being young, saying I see you have some talent. Uh, mentions that like you know, there's opportunity. I think he says something the lines like, "You know, look, man, like if you soften him up for me, I got I got some uh, for you." Like as far as like some type of opportunity or you know, I don't know. He offered him. He, that, he offered him like, something. That's not like you offered. That's that's not, do that. That's don't, not do like that. don't do that. Even to say some off color. Do, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> this man about to, yeah, I ain't don't, don't do, do it. it. Don't do it. I'm going to stop you right now before you even say it. Dude, you're going to say that man's a cuck. Don't do that. Don't do that. No, no. I, <laughs> okay. I wasn't going to go there. I was I was thinking more like pimping, you know. <laughs> wow. Anyway, um, they cut a commercial break and come back, and it's um, Priest versus... It's Priest versus Theory. Uh, they have a standard match. It's okay. It's not as good as the Thatcher and Priest match from last week, but it's okay. Um, at at some point, they end up outside in Damian Priest ends up giving Theory this uh, a razor's edge onto the apron. It wasn't like the Kevin Owens apron bomb. He more or less like laid his whole body across the apron as opposed to just like part of his back on the edge. So mm-hmm. it's a safer way to do a bump that you think of just like, oh, that's dangerous. Um, so hopefully no one has to, you know, <laughs> fuck up their back and killed. Um, then we end up getting, oh, so he celebrated after he won, uh, Damien Priest and then, uh, Gargano ran into the ring from, the side of Damian Priest where Damian Priest could see him and then surprise Damian Priest with a super kick. 
so like we're back to the Metal Gear Solid where like the wrestlers only have a 45 degree field of vision and it's like I fucking hate that so much anyway um they gotta do that to keep up with the cameras you know so then uh we get this vignette of somebody that alludes to saying they used to be in WWE and used to be a champion and they're back to win back what they've lost and they put up the the num the date of uh, October fourth, two thousand twenty. So I think that is uh, next Wednesday, right? Um, I'd have to check on that. Hold on, let me look right now. I wonder who. No, it would that be. is no. Actually, that is the date of the takeover. I think so. October fourth. So that's Sunday. Um, Bo Dallas coming home. Oh fuck. Alright, let's do Believe. this. Let's do this. It's not going to be Kevin, or sorry, it's not going to be uh, oh, what's his name? It's not going to be Seth Rollins. It's not going to be Big E. It could be Bulldog. Bulldog's got fired, right? No. He wasn't let go in the furloughs? Was not. Cronyism. Nepotism. Anyway, uh, after that, it ain't a damn sure ain't gonna be Pat. Damn sure ain't gonna be Pat. Oh, no. Damn sure ain't gonna be uh, Sami Zayn. Damn sure not gonna be Kevin Owens. Uh, Balor's already here. It wasn't Nakamura. It was in English. Um, not gonna be no. some more Joe. That man is not finna start uh, taking bumps at NXT when he can get these checks while just sitting here uh, talking about wrestling. Um, oh God, it might be Bobby Roode. Could be. Is damn sure not me McIntyre. Uh, wasn't Andrade spoke too good English for that. Um, <laughs> and then everybody else has been champion assistant are still there except for like Alistair Black. Only the person so it's either Bobby Roode or Alistair Black or Bo Dallas, bro. If it's Bo Dallas, bro, oh my fucking god, Bo leave. Oh my god, that'd be awful, bro. Oh my god, it'd be awful. I think you you hope for Bobby Roode. And I don't know if you actually hope for Bobby Roode because of like you know, he doesn't really fit the working style down there right Right. now. Right. Like, the era changed once he left. Mm Mm-hmm. Please don't be, please don't be fucking Bo Dallas, please. Please. Okay. Maybe it's Ricochet. You know, <laughs> about the North American title. <laughs> You're muted, James. It'd be hilarious if it was Ricochet. Um, it would be. Like, from a tragic, like, you know, tragedy plus time equals comedy. Like, yeah. Yeah, that, that would be funny. Like, a year from now. Not now. Uh... <laughs> End up getting a vignette from Swerve. Swerve says that, like, you know, you may have beaten me uh, in our title match with a loaded mask, but, you know, I've beaten you twice. I've pinned you twice. I've been, I pinned you in the Cruiserweight G1 shit that we did. I also pinned you in that, ta- in that tag match we had a few weeks ago. Um, I want another shot, and I want you to leave uh, Legato Dove Phantasma the fuck back. 
have a one-on-one match, be a man. Um, he didn't say be a man Hulk or, or that, but I'm just, you know, that's basically what he was intimating. Uh, and then we ended up getting a squash match from Rich Holland, squashed some dude named Antonio DeLuca. He just, he pounced him once, he hit him with a bunch of, you know, suplexes or whatever else and got the pin. Um, I'm shocked that man got back on TV ever again. Got the dropping Johnny on his head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Could have broke his fucking neck, yeah. Um... So they interviewed EO backstage and asked asked her about Candace and she said like I've never liked Candace which is like that is clearly not true. <laughs> <laughs> she was helping her fight she was helping her fight for uh a uh, fight off uh <laughs> Baszler goon so like a, a year and a half ago that's bullshit. Um Candace walked right Candace Candace walks up and was like I heard you I heard Man, I heard you talking about don't don't you know if it happened on NXT before it went on the network it, or on national television? It did not happen. If you say so. <laughs> um. So Candace walks up and said, "I, I hear I, my you know her my ears are burning. I heard you." And then like uh, EO cusses her out in Japanese, and, and then Johnny was there, and Johnny was like, "I don't know what you said, but it's but I don't but I don't like it." I was like, "God damn it!" Um, and they start arguing. All of a sudden, like they're by a curtain, that curtain opens up, and all of a sudden, a big fucking tan forearm comes through. I'm sorry, a big olive forearm comes through and rocks Johnny and <laughs> Damian Priest for that receipt from that super kick earlier in the show. Uh, and they and they all get broken up. Uh, and Johnny's laid out. Um, later in the show, Regal announces that they're going to do um, the champions versus the Garganos next week on uh, on NXT. So that should be fun. They also announced that they're doing um, somebody got to bring gold to the Gargano house and keep it. <laughs> I, I think I think they're going to go home again empty handed. They're going to go home with none but they love for each other again. Um, <laughs> So they announced next week is going to be Shotzi versus Dakota Kai off a play of Shotzi eliminating Dakota, and Shotzi's going to probably beat Dakota and you know further elevate and further you know now that they got that title match out of the way for uh, Dakota and that takeover out of her, they can move her back down where she belongs. How long before Shotzi uh, turns? Oh God, I don't think that's going to happen. All right, I don't think it's going to happen. Oh, sorry, I've got to mention this. Um, before the the match, uh, the battle royal happened. It was battle royal. They showed backstage footage of Tegan grabbing her knee on some on some Nancy Kerrigan shit, and she was like, "I don't know who." And like, and then like, all of a sudden, as the ref is like trying to help her out, you see uh, Candice with one of those uh, chests with wheels on it, and rolls it right into her knee. So. Ain't no, ain't no speculation of who done it or whatever else. Like Candace took her out and put her on the shelf for what will be, you know, probably a year. So uh, they avoided the yearly who done it. Yeah, they avoided that. Ain't no point of doing a who done it when it's like that's just a year from now, a year out. Um. <laughs> so then we what end up bad. getting. Go ahead. I'm like, what terrible luck. Yeah. Three of them now. Three ACL tears. Jeez. And she got um, Brandon Roy knees. Wow. So then we end up getting the uh, the gauntlet elimination match. Um, four minutes. Every four minutes, another person comes out. 
uh, you have to pin everybody to, or, or submit everybody. Uh, everybody's be pinned or submitted to be eliminated. It's not one fall. So starts off with Kushida and O'Reilly, and they are just basically like just doing all this great mat wrestling and trying to shoot on each other and and sprawling out and getting grabbing getting each other's back and putting each other in submissions, getting out of it and trading submissions. It's fucking awesome. Um. And then Bronson Reed comes out and is like, well, enough of the technical wrestling. Y'all got to fight this big fucking master talk. Oh, you wrap that shit up. Yeah. And they, uh, they proceeded to, uh, well, actually, they, like, well, they started doing that for like the first four minutes and like, when, like, with the, like, one minute left before he came out, like, they started, like, hitting each other with big ass forearms and, and, and chops and stuff. So then, uh, then, Reed comes out and it basically, like, he's basically b- throwing those two around. Um, then by the time Thatcher comes out, they go, they spend the whole commercial break on the four minutes when Thatcher's in the, finally gets into the ring. Um, so then like when it's time to come back, they count down to like 15 seconds and then out comes Grimes. Um, so I'm trying to remember. So the memory order correctly, the first person eliminated was, uh, Kushida, because the rest back got turned. Velveteen came in and gave him the DVD, and then somebody mopped or finished pin, pinned him after that, and got him out. Um, mm-hmm. Then they end up laying out uh, O'Reilly on the top turnbuckle in one corner, then in another corner. Bronson Reed has uh, is about to splash Thatcher. Thatcher moves as he goes for the splash, and then O'Reilly lands on top of him with a with a diving knee drop um, for the three on Bronson Reed. Then, so now you're in there. It's just Thatcher, O'Reilly, and Grimes. And from that point forward, it's just excellent wrestling. It's just stiff shots. People beating the fuck out of each other. Uh, so. Ultimately, they end up getting Grimes out the ring, and Thatcher puts uh, is trying to work over um, O'Reilly's legs. He O'Reilly escapes. He tries to go for his legs again. He escapes, slips behind him, and hits him with a schoolboy f- for a pin. Um, and then is Grimes, and it's uh, the last two are Grimes and O'Reilly, and they just have a great like last five minutes or so, and. Ultimately, the finish is O'Reilly or uh, Grimes ends up on the ropes. O'Reilly's behind him. O'Reilly tries to get him off the ropes, give him a, a suplex. He won't let go, so he ends up letting go. He is it's like fine. He grabs his knee and he gives him one of those Tanahashi dragon screw leg whips. Uh, so he goes in to grab, uh, get get up. Uh, Grimes, Grimes escapes and hits a. Uh, Hits a head kick, and he sets up for the, uh, the 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 cave in the double foot stomp. O'Reilly ducks underneath, and Grimes lands on that bad leg. O'Reilly grabs him in a rolling uh, heel hook and gets the submission. Um, so O'Reilly is number one contender. He's taking Finn Balor on at the next takeover on October fourth. Um, Roddy and 
Cole come out and congratulate him. Balor meets him at the goes to the ramp, goes out to the ramp and smiles, whatever else. And that's how the show ends. I thought it was a great match. Uh, some of the best wrestling I saw this week, and that includes the G1 or over the week, and that includes the G1. Um, yeah, just just really really good stuff. I'm happy for O'Reilly, a person that like you know always a person that brought it whenever he got opportunities uh, on tags or whatever else. Um, better promo than he's given credit for, and we'll we'll see what he has to do. We'll see what he has uh, for a takeover match. But he's somebody overqualified and long pass due for a singles run. And he's had like five total matches as a single in NXT. Yeah. My, the last so one far, I remember. So the last. Well hidden. Second? I said they've kept him like well hidden away yeah. to be able to do something like this. Yeah. Um, one thing I will say I think the last. Uh, the last O'Reilly uh, singles match that I remember was. That he won anyway was like last year's, either last year's or two years ago's um, match to see who, who goes, who has like a the advantage for war games. I think it was uh, two years ago because he ended up pinning either I think it was Roe he ended up beating. He ended up beating Roe mm-hmm. um, to get the advantage for undisputed two years ago, but like it's been a while, so. Um, Happy for him, great wrestler, and like you know, he he was gone for a while because of the you know the the pandemic and you know the fears of his he he's a diabetic, but he's back now. Mm-hmm. He's in great shape. When he since he's been back, he's been a fucking destroyer of worlds in the ring. Just just sharp, Chris beat the shit out of you. So um, I'm gonna see what he does with Balor. Hmm. No, Balor prone to disappoint a bitch. So, um, Kyle, it's up to you. Yeah, yeah. And I think the thing with, I, I mean, I'm sure they have some type of history. I mean, between Ring of Honor and um, New Japan in the time, like, I'm sure they've had some overlap where they've had interaction in the ring before. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see. Um, I think this might be, I think they're, I think they're actually going to go with a hip face turn for Undisputed or, or if not, like, they break up and he's a baby face. We'll see though. Hmm. Yeah. Um, new match. Yeah, definitely. And that's definitely what they need. Like, you know, you, like they're doing EO and Candice again, but they only did that match one time, but were two times before to my knowledge to, to what I remember. Um, one was yeah, on takeover, one was on I'm TV. Not, I'm uh, not sweating that. Yeah. And either way, that match is going to be good anyway. Uh, then, you know, Priest and Gargano makes sense because like the the person that like blew it at in the uh, ladder match was Gargano, but um, you know I figured it'd be a little bit more. But like all this on short build, all short build. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I I, I like the lineup for this mat for this uh, takeover so far more than last takeover. So there's that as well. Yeah, man. I guess there's only um one thing left to do then. What's that? Hit the music. (laughs) 
Okay, so Stardom had a show on Tuesday in Osaka. Um, they were in. Okay, so you know they were in Osaka for the G1 to start it off, right? They were in uh, Osaka Idian Arena. They have a that's Arena One. It's kind of like Mass Square Garden, where like there's a, a the big arena, and there's a secondary arena. That's where yeah. that's where Stardom uh, was. So, um, the um, <clears throat> third match was Jungle Kiona versus Hameka. This is a match that's like you see Hameka the first time in Stardom. He's like, I would love to see her versus Jungle. I'd love to see her versus Utami, like the power wrestlers in Stardom. Mm-hmm. At 15 minute time limit, she starts off. She throws Jungle around. She's completely overpowering her, and then Jungle proceeds to flare Vader, Sting, Vader, Hogan versus any big motherfucker from the 80s throughout the whole match. She builds towards all these spots where she can't possibly lift this woman, and finally lifts her. It's just great. She um she fights through uh I think it was a back injury. She eventually gets um a a, a works gets damage on Hameka's knee. She puts her in a single leg crab. Um, there's a great near fall at the end. It's a 15 minute time limit. Um, and Hameka kicks out at the end, and Hameka gets up and hits a, a big running knee, and they're both out on the floor as the bell rings. Thought I thought it was a I thought it was a very good match. I think it's the best singles match I've seen from Emeka. I probably go like three and three quarters on it. Um, really good stuff. It's better than anything she did in, in the G one, in my opinion. Um, so like, it, it, and also given that it's two years, Emeka or uh, Utami just won the, the Grand Prix. Like that's kind of what they that's pretty much what they did with uh, Utami. Like her first match, her debut match was against Jungle. They went to a time limit draw. So like mm-hmm. that's that you know had the match with Utami lost in the final have the match that Utami had two years ago like that might be like they're just you know trying to make lightning strike twice uh so that was cool um the semi main event was uh trios match it was B Natsuko and Saki versus the uh I'm sorry uh Momo Utami and Big Saya. Um, anytime you get Momo and Utami in, um, trios matches, they, they deliver. So this is the best, uh, Oedo tie match since Kagesu retired. Um, wow. thank, thank God B's back. Uh, someone that can actually work with these women. Um, just for you, Zach. She, she came back for Zach Porter. Oh my God. I, like, maybe, maybe they, maybe we don't need to just flat out outright ban Oedotai um, and, th- and jettison them into the sun. So <laughs> that's good. They had a really good match. Um, uh, B, B ended up pinning um, pinning Big Sai with a Kamagoye. Um, they a- ended up uh, wrestling each other at the uh, Corican Hall show that was uh, last night or yesterday. Um, so don't know the results to any of it. Uh, the only match up is the Queen's Quest top three of Momo Utami and Uzumi versus uh, Takumi and the two like youngins from 
two of the youngins from Marvelous. I'm not familiar with the uh, those young girls in Marvelous. The two that I know are Maria and uh, another girl named um, I think it's Mio. Mm-hmm. Those two I know from seeing them on like Ceiling or Oz Academy somewhere. But uh, those two, I'm sure they're good if they're if Takumi in Chikusa Nagaya raise them raised him but trained him but we'll see yeah, same um, thing same thing <laughs> uh anyway the main event of this show was um the trios titles donna del mondo julia shuri and micah versus tam starlight kid and mayu uh we went over this match or the midweek show um great match uh, ultimately, Julia ends up putting away Starlight Kid. Um, and then after the match, there was this big brawl um, where Tam attacks Julia. They get pulled apart. Uh, there's a stare down between Mayu and, and Shuri. Um, and then after the baby faces leave the ring, Julia grabs a mic and they do the sign off for Donald Lomano. But while I'm mentioning that, um, she says, like, you know, we had a show that got canceled because of COVID in Osaka, so we were kind of nervous coming back. We didn't know if, you know, y'all, you know, the fans were going to be receptive to the cancellation, but we're glad that y'all are here and supporting. We also have an announcement for y'all. She tells the uh, the Twitter staff to send out the tweet. She tells the fans to go to the Twitter uh, account of Stardom. And all of a sudden, you see a bunch of people start popping. And the announcement was that stardom on December 20th, I think it's six days before the uh, year-end climax, is doing the Osaka Idian Arena where they did night one and two of the G1. Stardom is doing the big arena there, December 20th. So they have to load that show up. I don't know, you know, because they're doing the a big show um, on the 3rd of October. I don't know what they're going to do. And also, like, you have a big show and then you have to do your year-end big show as well. Like, they're stacking big shows a week and less than a week apart from each other. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they I mean, they have the real estate to do it because they don't really... You know, it's mostly a tag promotion. Um, so they'll come up with something. Like, they still have things in their back pocket. Like, uh, I don't know if you know this, but, like, uh, WWE gave permission to Suri to wrestle in Japan again. Um, because mm-hmm. she can't get over um, to start, you know, the PC life. So she's actually in, she's doing seatless stuff with Yoshiko right now, but she's, you know, she can come Speaking back. Speaking of that, I wanted to run something by you. We got a message from JML. Uh, what's up to him uh, in our Discord? He said he finished the last show and he's trying to catch up because he missed some of the shows in the last couple of weeks. But two other names that come to mind as possible Donna Domano members are Kyrie and Sari. Um, Kyrie coming back at the Yokohama show would be huge, but with Suri, it would be possible because she was supposed to come in earlier this year. And I don't know when she'll ever be able to come to the U.S. with the rates going up. Sayori Ano would be his next. Sorry, guess, I don't. He doesn't, it's pronounced sorry. Yeah. Like you sorry, okay. sorry. That's her name. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, I don't think sorry. the former Tokyo Joshi wrestlers would fit. Yeah. Like sorry is somebody that me and Zach talked about. She's, she's an Ozaki goon. She's the one, yeah, mm-hmm. she's, like, she'd be, like, another, uh, stardom takes another person from Actress Girls. That's, yes. Uh, um, who okay. else did he mention, who else did he mention from, uh, TJP? Uh, he didn't mention anybody else. He just primarily said Kyrie and okay. Suri. Yeah, um, Kyrie, 
I could see Kyrie coming back, um, but not in Donna Del Mondo. Like, it's an invader faction, and she is, like, the fourth greatest stardom wrestler of all time at worst. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, I, it's like, if you, how do I say this? It, it'd be like akin to, like, putting John Cena in some invader faction from WWE. He's like, what? Like, literally John Cena and Nexus. He's like, that makes no sense. It don't feel right. What are we doing? John Cena and Retribution. Oh my god. Um, yeah, like, I, I would say this. There are two people, um, that are going to reveal themselves at the, at the Yokohama show on October 3rd. Like, one of them, like, I can see Sariano being in it. It makes sense. Uh, but the other person, it could be anybody. It could be Kyrie. Um, I know that the next day they have that show where they're going to have Mayu and Jungle um, tagging together. Um, on that same show, Tam is wrestling uh, the not the second person that's day de- that's coming back or debuting or whatever the hell. So um, they do Tam versus. I got Kyrie. a name. Who? Arissa, bring her back. <laughs> if she want to come back, good. Why yeah. not? I, look, you won't want to see, uh, you won't want to see, um, let's see, Arissa versus, uh, versus Shuri. That'd be great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I love that match. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, she would, uh, avoid wrestling Julia, so she don't have to lose to her, <laughs> uh, and remain spotless. I mean, also, another part is like earlier in the year before all the, before she retired, they were teasing Mayu versus Arissa for a double championship match. Um, so, like, when we talk about all these big matches that were at play, you know, um, I don't know if she'd come back. I don't know if she can come back, but, like, if that'd be a match that'd be, if it was available, that'd be a match I'd be looking to try to get on the docket. Um, you know, but there's also with Sari, like, you know, that match that was, they got turned to the Takumi match. There's also the return Takumi match eventually they're going to get as well. Like, in Mayu and, and um, Takumi have been talking about it on Twitter. So, um, I know that, I know that's definitely happened, but as far as the other things they need to do to, like, fill out these shows, we'll see. Um, I feel like with the Marvelous uh, trios, like, that opens, the, opens the, the, the gateway for match right there. Um, so, so, yeah. But that's really all I had to. That's really all I had to give us those matches. And then, like, they had a Cork and Hall yesterday. So um, when those matches get out, um, we'll review them next week or whatever else. Or that's yeah, next Sunday. So yeah. I guess we wrap this whole up. Yep, marathon episode here. <laughs> yeah, three and a half hours. It's probably it's probably gonna be less once I edit it down. Like the first five minutes, this thing where your audio just like refused to cooperate for some weird reason. Um, All right. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at uh, just the star ratings uh, for the last day of the G1. It uh, looks like I was right about White and Okada needing to go on third rather than last. Well, so, we, well, come on, man. We knew that. Like, like big and, time. Right. And the thing is, like, you know, uh, Jay White was in the main event of the second um, A Block show. And, and like, once, I'm trying to think, what was the second match? I think it was. Uh, can't remember. There was a Ibushi. match. Him, yeah, him, him and Abushi. 
Yeah, uh, and there was a match on the pre before that that was like that that smoked, and I was like, oh, that's not that doesn't have a chance. Doesn't have a chance because you know Jay White's not gonna he's going to wrestle well. Either he's going to give you a bad match where he doesn't want to wrestle at all, and then you're just mad, or he'll give you a match where he gives you like if he wrestles well, and then he wants to like you know make a great meal and throw water on it at the end. Like that's that's his thing. <laughs> this is always his thing. But yeah, um, anyway, that's in the show. Be sure to raise on whatever app you're, you're listening to. Uh, tell the folks about the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Be sure to visit ProWrestlingTees.com slash Social Suplex and pick up some official Social Suplex Podcast Network merchandise. Uh, also, be sure to check out the other shows on the network. On Sundays, we have the show on Nation Radio. On Tuesdays, we have Kimmy the Strong Style. On Wednesdays, we have the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Podcast. On every other Wednesday, we have Gorman Watch Shit. On Thursdays, we have the Grave Consequences Podcast. On Fridays, we have 8-Bit Suplex. And on Saturdays, we have All Things Elite. Thanks for listening, y'all. Holla. Later.